Was there an Aladdin TV show? There was. The second movie kicks off the Aladdin TV show. And the third movie, what, bookends it? And the third movie bookends it. Interesting. Now, in the second movie, Jafar dies. What? There's a bit in the Aladdin TV show where there's a crossover with Hercules where Ghost Jafar teams up with Hades to take down That's crazy. teenage antagonists. It's amazing. Sink. Welcome. I'm really glad to... we don't do clapping. Sorry, sorry, sorry. No, it's fine. It's fine. But now that's just gonna be at the start. Welcome to Direct to Video. Podcast where we pair movies like fine wine. Let me apologize. This might be the first time I've apologized for a movie. Which one are you apologizing for? I kind of thought that this would just be like a fun episode. Just be like a fun, lighthearted episode where we watch two movies that were basically the same and we get to talk about Robin Williams. But what happened was, I saw a very, very muted and like boring version of a movie that I realized while watching the lamer version, I really loved. And so it, it fucked me up a lot. I, I, listen, I don't know what you're referring to, but I will say that I've never been a big fan of the original Aladdin. I thought the new movie was, like, it tried to fix some things, and I respect it for that. But as far as I'm concerned, both movies are just as effective as the other. Really? I think the new one is more entertaining, though, because it, the old one, to me, all it has is Robin Williams, and... The new one isn't, like, funny at all. I I had a I had a fun time watching it, though. Like, it to me, the new one was more of a Bollywood movie. Okay, but it only actually has two Bollywood scenes. And one of them's, at, like, after the movie. And it was like, if they wanted to do Bollywood, I would have been on board. But they just didn't for most of the movie. They just didn't. <laughs> mm-hmm. it, I liked it. It was nice. That's okay. The th- that's the th- the thing. What I what I'll say is is that I I was never a fan of the original anyway. So the fact that the new one, I had fun watching was a pleasant surprise. Like, oh, this is nice. This is great. You know what? This is good. This means that I can be, the one who sort of tears down the new movie while you build it up. Uh, we're gonna cast our minds back once more, but this time even farther back to nineteen around nineteen ninety because that was when. Aladdin was pitched. Well, actually, technically, Aladdin was pitched in around 1986-87 by uh, Howard Ashman and his longtime collaborator, Alan Menken. They made an entire... Well, Ashman pretty much by himself made an entire 40-page treatment. He wanted, like, a a super campy 1930s-style Broadway musical. where He wanted it to be framed like it was a musical on a stage, but an animated film, if that makes sense. Oh, weird. Okay. And he wanted it to be in that style of 1930s camp, uh, which it, when you think about the the songs that he wrote, makes sense. Like Howard Ashman had this big vision for this film, and he really wanted it to follow the original fairy tale pretty strictly. One of his big things that is, is that he wanted Aladdin to be a boy, like a 12 to, a 12 to 13 like year kid. old kid. But after they started working on it and the studio, uh, Disney Studios decided, you know what, we're not feeling this project 
and we have this other project that we want you to Howard Ashman and Alan Menken specifically to go work on, which was Beauty and the Beast. After Beauty and the Beast uh, was finished, uh, Linda Wolverton, who was the screenwriter for Beauty, took their treatment and repitched Aladdin with a couple of changes. Basically, her big changes was adding uh, the the vizier character Jafar and adding more of a kind of at odds framework because because in the original story, Aladdin just finds the genie and all of the the climax is just him realizing he's wrong and she so she kind of added more of a climax between aladdin and a villain character that would mean that if i'm remembering my timeline correctly howard ashman died before this movie was maybe even started it sounds like yes howard ashman passed away before beauty and the beast was released in theaters but he was still able to work on three songs four technically that, that explains why I, I remember noticing this and it's really standing out. Aladdin, both versions of Aladdin start with um, opening credits. And the opening credits have Howard Ashman and Alan Menken working on songs. And then Alan Menken and Tim Cook. I believe so. It? Yeah. No, Tim, Tim Cook's Cook the Apple guy. So, Tim Cook's the what guy? Uh, he's the guy from Apple. Oh, I literally did not know that. He had somebody. Tim Rice? I feel like it's a Tim... Tim Rice sounds better. Ashman wrote the lyrics for Arabian Nights, Friend Like Me, and Prince Ali, which are the kind of the three... The genie songs. Yeah, the three big genie songs. Um, He also did one song called Humiliate the Boy, uh, which was cut from the film. Uh, It's Uh, a fun storyboard, though, if you go look it up. it, It is. It's a fun... It's a kind of a terrible song. When I say terrible, I mean just emotionally. What they replaced it with is just as effective, I think. And it also works better a little bit in terms of like taking a, a, a familiar song and kind of turning it up on its head. I really like it when, when a villain does that. That was pretty disappointing. That song was not in the uh, new version, actually. Yeah, it would have been a pretty good ad. I think it would have worked better in the live action version, actually, with what the character is in that one. Yeah, he's like more petty, for one thing. Yes. So it seems like, yeah, definitely something he would do. <laughs> Prince Ali and Humiliate the Boy, I think, was Howard Ashman's final work. Like, that was it was the last thing he ever touched. Those three songs that made it into the film were pretty much untouched after he was done with them. Like, he, the guy had a, a big legacy and a big influence on everyone that he worked with. But now I want to talk about Robin Williams. In this movie, Robin Williams plays the genie and Gilbert Godfrey plays Iago. Robin Williams and Gilbert Godfrey were, like, really big names in terms of, like, comedy. And this was, like, unheard of for a movie to have two actual celebrities in them. Yeah, it is my understanding that Aladdin is the movie that changed this for either kids' movies or Disney or animation or all three. All three is from what I can tell. So the directors wanted Robin Williams from the beginning of the script. They were like, we, we need, like, this is who this character is. This is what we envision him to be. And all of the producers were like, we're not going to get Robin Williams. It's not going to happen. But when they approached Robin Williams, Robin Williams, to the surprise of, of everybody at the studio, accepted. I mean, he even accepted SAG pay which, uh, of around seventy dollars to $75,000. Uh, and the reason this is important is because at the time, Robin Williams had a regular fee of $8 million, Holy crap. Which is not insubstantial. Like, Aladdin had a budget of $28 million. So if they had paid Robin Williams his due, he would have easily been like a double-digit percentage. That's part of the reason why they didn't want to approach him. They didn't want to pay that money for just one role. But Robin Williams had caveats in his contract. Get conditions. The first condition was that his name and image not be used for any 
quote unquote excessive marketing or merchandising. What does excessive marketing and merchandising? Uh, basically, you're not allowed to use me to sell your movie at all. So he's not on the poster. In the trailers for Aladdin, they don't say Robin Williams as the genie or something? Well, we'll get to that. Uh, okay. The second caveat was that the character of the genie is not allowed to take up more than 25% of any advertising space. The whole contract was basically just, listen, I'm playing a supporting role, and I want it to stay there. I don't want you to sell this movie as a Robin Williams movie. I want you to sell it as an animated film and let my my acting skill do what it does naturally. Robin Williams was always a very particular person when it came to his image, particularly his voice. That was his big thing, was that they weren't allowed to use his voice. Disney basically ignored all of his conditions. Cool, 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 cool. Or if they didn't ignore them, got around them in ways that are super shitty. So first of all, they used his voice as the genie in commercials and to market like kids meal toys and shit. Part of the reason that they were able to do this actually is because the movie had a runtime of 90 minutes, but it's reported that Robin Williams actually gave Disney like 30 hours of ad-libbed material. They literally didn't give him any lines. They just told him, hey, here's the scene. This is what just happened. Go. So they did all of this and they didn't pay Robin Williams any additional money. They also, on all of the posters, made Genie take up exactly 25% of the poster space and then made all of the other characters smaller, which is... Technically, technically following the rules. Following the rules, but not following the spirit of the rule, you know? Yes. So Robin Williams was quoted as saying, we had a deal. The one thing I said was, I will do the voice. I'm doing it basically because I want to be part of this animation tradition. I want something for my children. The one deal was, I don't want to sell anything, as in Burger King, as in toys, as in stuff. He later said, I I think he said this on like David Letterman or something. You realize now when you work for Disney why the mouse has only four fingers. It's because he can't pick up a check. Dang. That was in 1993. So it was like a year after the movie came out. And from what I can tell at the time, opinions were split. Like a lot of people didn't understand why Williams was upset about this. It, It doesn't really matter why he's upset. He signed a contract and they signed a contract and then they broke from the contract. Well. According to Disney, they upheld their terms of the contract. Uh According to Disney, for about two years, they kept their terms of the contract. Eventually, Disney sent Williams, and I don't know if this was the company or the family, but somebody sent Robin Williams a Picasso painting, (laughs) uh, estimated worth of about $1 million. When he got it, the only thing Robin Williams said about it was it didn't go with anything in his house. So he didn't know what to do with it. And then later, one of his friends, somebody named Eric Idle, you may have heard of him. Eric Idle, who's another famous comedian, Monty Python. Mm -hmm. uh, He said that he had told Williams to burn it on live television as an act of protest. And Robin Williams' reaction was, I'm not mad at Picasso, right? Like, I'm not going to burn a Picasso. That's actually not that funny, guy. (laughs) I think it... Could have been hilarious. I am against burning really any art. form of art, but no, I will I agree. say that I, I will say that Robin Williams' reaction of "this doesn't go with anything in my house" would probably be what I said if somebody that I hated gave me something really expensive, but but I hated that. <laughs> Eventually, in 1994, uh, Joe Roth, who was the studio chairman at the time, at this point, Jeffrey Katzenberg had left uh, Disney. He founded a, his own his own little indie studio called DreamWorks. But Joe Roth uh, became the chairman. 
and he organized a public apology from the company in 1994. And after that, Robin Williams was basically like, fine. He didn't really trust Disney after that. I think he did do the voice of the genie for the third Aladdin movie, because during their scuffle, they had put out another Aladdin movie. And from what I can tell, the people's only reaction to that movie was, Robin Williams isn't in it, man. I'll tell you, my reaction to that movie at the time was, I kept falling asleep during it. And I didn't realize until I was older that I probably found it boring. <laughs> and a lot of people's reaction to the third movie was, Hey, Robin Williams is in it. Still not good, but you know. My understanding is that that one's better. But again, I was too young to really judge these things. Like, Robin Williams brings so much to this film. The fact that they even, that they did something like that to him is insane. But it also makes sense that they did it because, like, Robin Williams is the thing in the movie. Right? Mm. Like, he's the... He's the he's the genie. God, you're not even paying attention. Sorry, yeah, he's the genie. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I just... I forgot. I I kind of fell asleep halfway through the movie. We're gonna talk about this moment. We're gonna get into, like, some Arabian night shit. I need to open up a notepad. Do, 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 do. Notes, Aladdin, 1992. Alright, let's get started. Each of these movies starts the same way. Well, no... Kind of. Not kind really. So... Okay, so... <laughs> the animated movie starts with the title card, and we immediately get into the song Arabian Nights before meeting anybody. We're kind of sweeping over the landscape of the Jordan River and over kind of the outskirts of Agrabah, I think, for most of the beginning. And then we zoom in on a merchant. Now, astute fans will note... That the merchant has the same colorings as the genie and is voiced by Robin Williams. However, I don't think it's ever been canonically confirmed that the merchant is the genie. So the merchant isn't the genie. The, the merchant's just a framing device for the film. He has the lamp, but also in the third movie, the merchant and the genie are seen at the same time. But also, also, we know the genie can do that, so that's not really a fair... Um, well... So it's possible that they are the same person because in at the end of this movie, the genie like is still a magician, magic man yes. guy. So he could just have turned himself into a small merchant man. Yeah, maybe he wanted to see what it was like to sell uh, Tupperware. Yeah, combination uh, hookah fruit cutters. It also makes Julian fries. The framing device for the other movie is, like, we go past this beautiful ship. I, I want to say, I viscerally, like, I bucked at the idea that we were starting at sea. I understood at the end why we were at sea, but it was, it, it felt so weird because I knew it takes place in a desert. You know that there's ocean around that part of the world, right? Yes. But okay. you never see it in the uh, original Aladdin, even when he travels around the world. Okay, but that scene is stupid, so... I love that um, scene, man. Uh, I know, I do too, but it, like, it doesn't make sense geographically, is what I'm saying. So It doesn't make very much sense geographically, but later he does seem to fly from the North Pole to Agrabah, so... He could have just been in the Alps. The ends of the Earth is the Alps. The Alps is higher than everywhere else on Earth. I don't think that makes it the end of the earth no because i don't know if you look at if you if you think about what geography was back then the ends of the earth is just the farthest known reaches of what you know to be earth and back then like if you were in the the the, the middle east along the river jordan your knowledge of geography extended as far as the sorry 
as far as the Alps to the west, and as far as uh, the, I just got the Alps and the Himalayas mixed up, and as far as the Himalayas to the east. So he was either in the Alps or in the Himalayas. The Himalayas is my guess. Otherwise, it just doesn't make sense. I think it just doesn't make sense. I think the carpet can move way faster than it should be able to. It's almost like it's kind of a plot device, like a je ne sais quoi, uh, ass pull? No, that's not it. Deus Ex Machina, that's it. Oh, It's a little bit, but the Deus Ex Machina is specifically something that's not alluded to ever. And the carpet's a character. The carpet's a person who's also a pet and also a rug. A pet rug sounds uncomfortable but it looks pretty soft so in the live action movie uh we start off we, we see this like uh this big beautiful ship adorned with gold and shit and then we go past it to a small junker uh and on it are uh, two kids playing around and having fun and then uh will smith kind of climbs down and he decides that he's gonna tell them a story uh to calm them down that's that's the framing device for for the live action film both of them if you are willing to accept that that the salesman is the genie both of them start with the genie telling the story. Or at least the actor playing the genie telling the story. This is the first instance of something that the remake did that really chafed me. It does it with every character introduced, so I wanted to mention it now. Okay. They clearly expected me to have watched Aladdin and already know everything that was going to happen in the movie. Why do you say that? Because they decided to show me that the genie was free already. Like, that's what they open on. The genie's free. This isn't really the most egregious part. Later is the most egregious part when they decide to show, oh, here's Jasmine without explaining who Jasmine is, or why she would run away from the palace, and again, like, why she has a tiger. Like, they just show a tiger. Same deal. They show, uh, they, they do it, they even do it with Aladdin and Abu. Like, we don't get an introduction to Aladdin and Abu like we, like we do in the original. We just see a dude and his monkey, and we know that the, that's the protagonist and his monkey. Yeah, but that's, like, framing and camera work shows you that. Like, you don't even have to know anything about Aladdin, right? Like, everyone has seen a movie, Tony. If a camera focuses in on a handsome dude who's wearing clothes that have color on them when everyone else around him is wearing shit that's brown and black, that's hey, the main character. We can, we can talk about how the new Aladdin movie is, like, gray and ugly later. I will... S- I will say that that movie has a very uh, desaturated palette in a way that is weird. It's it's very weird, especially because it's based on a movie with one of the brightest color palettes in a movie I've ever seen. Yeah, may, I don't know, maybe. I it's the the color palette of the original movie is definitely very very saturated. Focuses a lot on bright colors, uh, maroons and magentas and blues. cyans. Yeah. yeah, a lot of cyans. Um, and the the new movie doesn't, but the new movie. No, no, no. You know what? No, I'm going to stick on this because do you know what? It happens again at the Cave of Wonders. The Cave of Wonders scene in the original Lad movie is fucking crazy. Jafar has a bug that he puts together and it flies into the eyes of That's nothing. And then those eyes time. become I hate your guts. And then it's those a waste eyes of time. Fucking it's <laughs> art. And his no, eyes become it's... a goddamn tiger, and it looks up, and it's like, I am the Cave of Wonders. No, Fuck I get you. what you're saying. And, and then, in the remake, it's just already there, and it also yes. doesn't move, 
which is really weird. It shows it collapsing, but they cut away as it collapses, so the Cave of Wonders doesn't really have that Here's- wonderment. Do you know what I'm saying? Are you picking up what I'm putting down? Also, it's very small. I, I can see I can see where you're putting it down, and I'm looking at it. I, I just pick it pick it up. The thing I don't want to, it's gross. Uh the thing is, is like You're gross. They, obviously they can't do it the same. And the reason is is because I don't want like, it when to you're, do it the same. I don't want when you're, so okay, okay, okay. Well okay, then what okay, do you okay. want? Because what they did is the what they did is different, but it's obviously it's based on it's like they're limited but it's, by multiple it's factors. Worse. It's a worse movie. How Thank is you. it worse? It's because they specifically it specifically felt like there's less energy put into making a movie about magic magical. But that's the thing is the ma- the the point of the movie is that the magic isn't what's important. The magic doesn't matter. The magic does matter. It's the driving force of the movie. I know that as a character, Aladdin learns that the magic is not as important as himself. And the, But the magic is still the thing in the movie. Also, what I kept comparing it to was the new Beauty and the Beast. Which is a movie I have a lot of problems with, but I altogether like. The new Beauty and the Beast put a lot of trouble into looking... Just as good as the animated version of Beauty and the Beast. I have, in the months since that movie came out, flip-flopped on how I feel about it. It's it's difficult. There's a lot of weird gay jokes. I like that they went into uh, Belle's mom a little bit. A little weird but, they never did that with Aladdin's family. And weirder still, the only thing they said about Jasmine's mom was she died by being assassinated, I guess? We're never touching that again. Well, that's... So... We'll get to that. But at the end of the day, my my feelings on Beauty and the Beast were that all Beauty and the Beast wanted to be was Beauty and the Beast, but in live action. I feel like what Beauty and the Beast did that was a great thing was address the weirdest fucking parts of Beauty and the Beast and made it make a little bit more sense. Like the ageless kid or the fact that the Beast was 11 when he was cursed or the fact that none of the... Townsfolk knew about their prince, but Aladdin didn't have those same problems, and they- Yeah, instead, Aladdin, the live-action movie, focused on making Aladdin a character, on making Jasmine a character, instead of just people who are flopping around and not really doing anything. To be fair to Jasmine, Aladdin was already a character in the original Go Fuck Yourself. To be fair to Jasmine, she is a bigger character in the remake. However, she still doesn't have that much autonomy, despite the fact that she gets a song about how she definitely has autonomy. Well, she gets a song about how she wants autonomy. Yeah, and then she sings it and tries to get autonomy, and then they're like, no, forget it. I mean, it works. But that, that, we can't get into that bit yet. I think at the end of the day, like, I didn't like the original Aladdin movie as a kid, and I don't like it as an adult. I just didn't. We'll get to why later, maybe, but like, I spent most of my time when I was watching the live action Aladdin just... Just having fun. Like, it's a fun movie. It's got it's great music. It's got, like, fantastic characters. I genuinely have this question. This isn't, like, me trying to set a trap or something. Okay. Do you like <laughs> the new Aladdin's versions of, like, One Jump and, uh, what's that song Aladdin sings by himself? It's, like, a minute long. Oh, Street Rat. Street Rat. You like those? The new ones? Yeah. The choreography at the beginning of the film for One Jump was a little weird, but I think they twisted the lyrics around it a little bit so that those songs had a newer meaning that I was more okay with than just being like a fun introduction to a 
a scamp character. Like, oh, here's our scamp. This is his deal. Is he's a scamp? Like they mm-hmm. they they really put more into the song. The newer versions of the songs, I think, focus their tone a bit more on explaining what it is that puts him in this position, as opposed to just oh, look at this fun guy. What a lovable fun guy. I guess my main issue with that, with uh, one jump at least, is. The original has has it establishing Aladdin as a character, and the remake has it establishing, I feel like, less Aladdin as a character and more like Aladdin's situation. Yes. Uh, which I don't like as much. But, I mean, that's an opinion. But uh, I, I also didn't like Aladdin's voice that much in the new one. Oh, I loved it. Aladdin in the original movie sounds like a fucking pee. He like ha- he's like a non-entity every time he sings. Wait a To such a- an extent that in a... What is a pee? Like, like his voice is nothing. It's nothing. He doesn't have... Like, he doesn't Are have you saying much he sounds range. like a pee? Like a tiny green vegetable? Yeah. Well, I, I, listen, I don't man, understand I don't know. your like, metaphor. I, I'm trying. I don't either. I'm just trying to like. What I'm trying to say is okay. Okay. I I wanted to make sure that you didn't like know something about music theory and peas that I, I don't just know, didn't get. I don't know anything about. I will start with this. I don't know anything about music theory. I okay. I've never taken a music appreciation class. I don't even really like musicals that much. Right. Like I'm probably the last mm. person in the world who should have an opinion on what a song should be. But the original singing voice of Aladdin in the animated film just doesn't have a, a an emotional presence in any of the songs he's singing. It's a decent singing voice, but there's not much happening there. He's not doing anything with the lyrics, and he's not expressing any emotion other than, hey, I'm smiling while I'm singing, so I sound happier. Like, it's... it's he's That's not doing anything really funny, because I thought, I thought almost the opposite. I thought the new guy sounded pretty dry with this. <laughs> I think the guy playing Aladdin in a live-action film is definitely a good singer, and... He's putting a lot of emotion and a lot of pouring some something of what the character is into each song as opposed to just singing the words. The only the only song that I think both of them do okay is A Whole New World, and that's because A Whole New World is an Aladdin song. <laughs> yes, Jasmine gets the best part of A Whole New World, and that has always been true. In both films, once Jasmine starts singing, you're like, Aladdin gets his ass kicked. It's like, oh, this is a singer. Wow. Yeah. Oh my god, this is fucking bonkers. Big shout out to uh, Maria Lea Carmen in Mutanza Longa. She's a Filipina singer. She's the singing voice for both Jasmine and Mulan. In my opinion, she is what makes Jasmine work in the animated film because that rendition of A Whole New World might be one of the best songs ever in a Disney film. It's so good. It's just that we usually go through these movies beat by beat and we have jumped to the Cave of Wonders and then A Whole New World mostly while shouting. Well, I thought we were gonna. <laughs> I thought we were gonna go through the cartoon beat by beat. And then compare the new one to the cartoon. Nah, fuck that shit. Both at once. No, I can't do both at once. Tony, we can't do both at once. I refuse to not. We need to have some sort of structure. This is structure. This is not structure. This is anarchy. Did we see Agrabah yet in the cartoon? Yeah, we saw it at the beginning, but this is the big kind of... Well, we are still at the merchant in the cartoon. I didn't feel like we were, but okay. Because the merchant takes out the lamp and he's like, I'm going to ah, tell this, you a story. The and then he, yeah, yeah, yeah. he throws the gold magic lamp dust in the air and then we get the big Agrabah scamp and the, the I think the, the refrain, I don't know what the word is, of uh, Arabian Nights. What did you think of the new palace? In the live action film? Yeah, I don't know if it was more realistic architecture for the time or what their choice was to make the palace 
different. But I just remember being disappointed because I like the old palace. I think it's got such a distinct look. It's very white and oniony. One of the things, especially when between like animation and like a quote unquote a live action film, if you're going for realism in your scenery versus fantasticism, that's not a word. Fantasism is a word. Fantasism, right? Like animation has a lot of freedom when it comes to color choice because there's a degree of separation where just because something shouldn't be able to do that, our brain's okay with it because it's animation. And so there's a freedom. Mm -hmm. There's a degree of freedom there that going for realism can't ever have. So in a live action film, you can't do certain things with color because as soon as our eyes see it, especially with CGI, we don't see it as an artistic choice. We see it as bad CGI. It's part of the reason why like Will Smith's genie in a live action film is so weird. It's because they're still doing a lot of the body dysmorphic stuff with him. But even though they are limiting it because you can't move a human body in certain ways without feeling gross, it still just doesn't look right a lot of the time. Um, Mm. Which is, in my opinion, is probably why they have him walking around as a normal human. He does look human for a lot of the movie. Secondary thing. So as we pan up, we we see the palace, we see Agrabah. They did this differently in the animation and in the remake. The remake had a really interesting way to do it. Um, although it again plays into my I wish they would establish these characters as they show up on screen but they refuse to the live action version takes it as an opportunity to uh, focus in on all the characters we'll be meeting which like includes the Sultan and Raja and Jasmine and her handmaiden and Jafar I cannot remember her handmaiden's name I hate man me neither (laughs) and Yago we follow Yago for a bit but in the animated movie we just sort of see Agrabah before we cut to the next song the beginning of the animated film we see Agrabah but then we like kind of zoom past it to the cave of wonders right you're right I'm sorry we don't cut to the next song go to the cave of wonders we do that cool cave of wonders scene I talked about yeah with waste a lot of time Gazim we get to watch a thief die and that thief is like neat to be fair, in the live-action film, we get to watch Jafar 300 a man down a well, and that but was so fucking hilarious. that's why it's not good, dude. <laughs> that was so good, though. He but, just... like, I don't want a boring action scene version. It's not a boring... To be fair, it's not a boring action scene version. It happens in, like, two seconds. It's very but short. But you, you and did it's... compare it to 300, which I of think... Of course I did, because anytime movie. anybody kicks somebody down anything, it's 300. Then maybe we should fucking stop doing it. Especially because the established way to die in the Cave of Wonders is to have a... A tiger made of sand eat you. And I don't understand why we need to change that. A different person died in the Cave of Wonders before he decided to kick this guy down the well. This is this is establishing That's true. Jafar's he does, yeah, yeah, you're purpose. right, you're right, you're right. Uh, yes, it establishes Jafar's weird issue with being second best ever. It makes him, like, touchable in a way that the original Jafar is not. Well, because the original Jafar isn't a person, he's a character. The original Jafar is super psyched to be evil. Like, that's his thing. He loves it. He loves being evil. He's so excited to be evil all the time. He wakes up every morning, curls his little beard, angles his eyebrows, and is like, yes, I'm ready to be evil today. Sorry, Andy. Twists his little beard? He twists it. He twists it? What did I say? Curls. It's different. 
It is different. You're right. You're right. It's it's because Jasmine calls it Twisted, and there's there's like a spoof musical called Twisted about Jafar. Oh, that's really good. But like, Jafar loves being evil in the original one. And, you know, he has Yago as a sidekick, and they're basically like evil partners. Yago is not a character in the remake, which is a real bummer for me. He is just a parrot. He's just a parrot. He's he's smarter than a regular parrot. Definitely. But he calls Jafar, like, master and comments on stuff in a way that nobody else seems to notice. And it's voiced by Alan Tudyk. And honestly, I had assumed he would still be a comedic character that Alan Tudyk just got to voice. No, you thought he was going to be like, uh... Like a uh, human person? <laughs> well, I was going to say, like, the robot in uh, Rogue One. I thought you were going to say the robot in iRobot, which I think is also Alan Tudyk. It is also Alan Tudyk, but that character is not funny. He's not <laughs> very funny. Very <laughs> tragic. That character is like a, a tragic Sisyphus. But yes, sort of like Rogue One robot or something. Just somebody who constantly commented on like the bullshit that was happening specifically to him. Here's my issue with Jafar in the remake. Jafar, we know a little bit more about him. He gets to be more of a character, right? And he gets an animal sidekick. He feels a little bit more like a protagonist. And I wasn't sure I was 100% cool with it. I know other bad guys get animal sidekicks sometimes. Even Mm. animal sidekicks that don't talk. But, like, Jafar establishes himself as the same goddamn person as Aladdin. Well, that's the thing is, Jafar in the film, in the live-action film... God, this is gonna be hard. How... Uh, I call him the original and the remake, the animated and the live action work. I think I'm going to go with the animated and the live action. Or we could say Jafar 2. Just because when you say the original, I think, yes, in the original Arabian Nights tale. Oh, okay. Uh, where wow. Jafar right. isn't well, in it. <laughs> I don't think there's, yeah, I was going to say, I don't think there's a Jafar character. No, there isn't. Yeah, in the live action film, Jafar is, they, they, they do kind of a Legend of Zelda thing in that you wow, have okay. three corners of a triangle Three people who all have animal sidekicks, uh, which isn't a Legend of Zelda thing. Holy crap, you're right. Three people who are corners of a triangle who who all in some way are unhappy with their position in life. And all of them have one part of, of the whole that the other two want. Jafar, as a male and as a vizier, is able to push his opinions around without being shot down. Something that Jasmine wants. Jasmine has a, she has a, a power inherent to her birth that Jafar wants. Aladdin has a freedom of being able to do what he wants without being overseen by anybody that Jasmine wants. But he also, him and Jafar are like the same person, but they went kind of different ways in their life. And the only thing Aladdin has that Jafar wants really is the genie. (laughs) And what Jafar has that Aladdin wants is looking like a handsome man. That's true. He's hot. He's so hot. It's weird. Well, that's the other thing. He's like specific. He specifically looks more like a leading man. I will say this though, and it's that you, I, I, when you see him, you think, "Oh, that's a pretty hot dude." As soon as he starts talking, you're like, "That's an evil hot dude, though." He he, he does have the evil thing going, but I guess my my issue is I feel like they sort of overplayed making Jafar a character a little bit. In that, I feel like we don't learn enough about Jafar. For him to have as much of a character as he has. I'm not saying we need Twisted as a movie. I'm not saying we need to do Maleficent, but with Aladdin. Or Wicked. I Yeah, but I said Maleficent because it was the Disney version. In fact, I think the original Aladdin spends more time on Jafar. Even though he is less, explicitly less of a character. We, we know more about his plans and what he wants. 
all the extra time Jafar has in the new Aladdin, he spends just... I, I meant the, the animated one is the one where he has the extra time. Yeah, all of the extra time that Jafar has in the animated film Aladdin. Yes. It, he spends most of it so, just We laughing. are going to be tripping over this a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's why I wanted to do them one at a time. No, um, forget it. <laughs> it's too no it's too late now we're still obviously hey, it's great because we still haven't even gotten to uh uh to one jump in either in either of them really um, but but we have to we're talking about jafar though that's gonna be a lot of stuff that could have happened later well and so the thing is is like in, in the animated film all the extra time we have with jafar he doesn't really do anything with it other than say what his evil plan is him and Iago quit for a little bit and then they leave he's 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 a comedic character in that one but uh, the the only other thing he does is, like, be magic, which he doesn't do very much in the remake. He still has the staff, the uh, hypnotized staff. Yeah. But he doesn't seem to do other sorcerer stuff until the genie shows up. There's a give and take, right? Well, I guess, I guess maybe the thing was maybe in making Jasmine more of a character, they took less time on Jafar. But they still made Jafar more of a character in the live action film than in the animated one. Like, he's a... He's got a he's a person with wants and goals. But here's the thing. Okay, I don't care about Jafar's wants and goals because he's never going to be to to bring this to another uh, I was going to compare it to a Marvel movie. Which one should I do? Ultron? I could probably do Ultron. Like I get what Ultron wants, right? And I get why he wants it. He fundamentally wants to be human, but he also hates humans. Fine. Yes. I get it. He's at odds with his own self. And knowing that he wants those things is very important to his character. And I honestly don't think knowing why Jafar wants to be Sultan matters as much as knowing that he wants to be Sultan. And if they had given him more time to work that out, or if they had made it sort of like a three protagonist movie, that could have been interesting. But they didn't. They just kind of tried to put a little bit more on him. Jafar exists in the live action film to be exactly the kind of person that that the genie has always served. He's that guy. By giving him these attributes of like, this is his driving force, this is what he wants, these are his goals. It reminds us, because it, because in the live action film, Jafar isn't a sorcerer. He's just a guy. Except he does have a magic stick. Yeah, of course he has a magic stick. But he himself isn't inherently magical. He's surviving on his cunning and on his ability to be charismatic and weasel his way into this the life of this sultan. Why don't I just I'm I'm just going to say my main issue with the genie's one of my main issues with the genie's magic in the remake right now. Okay. Uh yeah, we're jumping around, but I'm going to be jumping around. I've just made that decision. This is going to be a chaotic episode for us. It's going to be my fault. I apologize. It's where we're at. Jafar wishes to be sultan and in the Live action version, what does this mean? It means everybody seems to accept him as Sultan and he gets a new hat. Well, not a new hat. He steals the Sultan's hat, which is a real downgrade from stealing all of his clothes, but whatever. In the animated version, this means that the genie became giant and stole the palace and was like, fuck you guys. This is now a siege on the palace and this is the Sultan because he has a genie. But the problem is, what exactly does wishing to be Sultan get you? Because the guards, Kasim, leader of the guards, and I think both versions of the movie, although one of them's clearly villainous and one of them's not. One of them's just Jim Cummings and the other one's a character. Oh, yeah, one's like Pete from fucking... From fucking the Mickey Mouse. Movie, yeah. Hold on, Aladdin! 
the wish that Jafar wishes to be Sultan, and everybody accepts him as Sultan for about two seconds until Jasmine says, no, he's not the real Sultan, and then everybody accepts that. Which means that, like, I don't understand what the genie gives you if you could say, I wish to be Sultan, but that does not give you the power to rule. The the genie says over and over again throughout the live-action film that he, he can't affect people. He can only affect what people see, what people, right? Like, but he can't erase, like, he can't erase memories. He can't okay. manipulate people's um, emotions. Mm, he can't make people mm. fall in love because he can't manipulate emotions. Like, but that's so not the rules. Is that it, is Andy. the rules. That's it's what he says. It's not the rules. There and are the, two given rules. By the way, there should be three, and he leaves out the last one, which is buck wild. Um, that he can't bring people back from the dead. No, he says that one. He doesn't say the can't kill one. Oh, well, yeah. Can Will Smith kill? I, I know Will Smith can kill. I've seen his movies. If they're going to change the rules to the genie, that's fine. But if they're going to change the rules to the genie, I wish they would tell me instead of saying he can't, he can't make somebody fall in love and he can't bring somebody back from the dead. The genie in both live action and the animated film sets up these rules and then does have to break them at least once. When Aladdin gets thrown into the water in both movies, like the genie has to break the rules there. Yes. However, I feel like that was more of a rule break in the remake than it was in the first one. It's no, it's more of a rule break in the first one because in the first one, he just does it. In the first one, though, the genie accidentally granted a not wish just because Aladdin kind of said something weird. And in the in the remake, it's because he said, I wish, but wasn't holding the lamp. Which suggests that the genie, while being chained by whatever his master says, does have a certain amount of leeway in his cosmic powers. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is never really given to the Will Smith version. I think the Will Smith version has a lot of leeway, but I feel like if you're a genie and you're trapped and you're bound by this, every time somebody gets a wish out of you without it counting, that's more time you're spending serving this person. We're never, in either movie, really given the stakes on like what it's like to be a genie like we don't understand why one he can grant that wish even though it wasn't made correctly or two what that means for him or if it means anything for him it doesn't exist to show us what the rules are it exists to show us what aladdin's capable of in terms of being right cunning being aladdin knows the stakes of the game and he knows how to play it so here's the thing about having to serve a master, though. It's gotta be better than being in that lamp for another thousand years. I don't know, man. I mean, the Robin Williams version hates the lamp, but also is always, like, doing stuff in the lamp. So it must be kind of okay for him. And the Will Smith version also does not like the lamp, and also is never doing, like, funny stuff in the lamp. I think he's just sitting in there. Like, I think it's way worse for Will Smith genie. I, at the end of the day, in both the animated film and the live-action film, the, the rules of the genie don't matter other than to let us know what the limits are of this. Like, there's, we have put up some walls. The most important thing is phenomenal cosmic powers. Yeah, that's the one, that the, that's the one big thing that matters, is that the genie has phenomenal cosmic powers. Itty-bitty living space. Do you want to get into one jump now? I would. You know what? I would love to. I would love to talk about... A, any part of the films. <laughs> so let me talk about what I dislike about one jump in, in the other one is, uh... The monkey doesn't hold a sword in the new one, which I will say is a downgrade. That is such a downgrade. We already talked about this a little. I think the original movie is more fun, intentionally. I think they intentionally made the uh, remake more serious. 
And I do think that's a detriment, but that's just me. However, we shouldn't get into a conversation about the evils, evils of capitalism, but do you think it's less heroic to steal gold to then sell for food than it is to just steal bread? Because I felt like it was less heroic. I no, I I stealing gold to to get food is fine. Like that makes sense. Also, though, it seems like an unnecessary step. Why doesn't Aladdin still just steal the food if all he's doing is buying if food? If you steal, if you steal one apple, you've gone through a ton of work to get only one apple. You could, if you steal one bracelet, you've gone through all this work to get a bracelet that you can then pawn to get money, which you can use to buy goods and or services like many apples. Except he can't, because all he gets is a bag of dates. That's because everybody knows that what he's selling, he stole. So why doesn't he just steal food? It seems like such an unnecessary step. Like an extra step added to this. I, I don't think so. I mean, it's like, the deal is he steals shit. Like, he's a thief. It's what he has to do to survive. I think there's a good reason for him to be stealing gold in the remake, and it's this. They wanted it to be more realistic, so Abu no longer has human-level intelligence. He's a monkey who's trained to steal shiny shit. I will say this. I know you don't want us to talk about the evils of capitalism or whatever. To me, if I was going to steal stuff, I would want to steal stuff from people with means. If somebody has jewelry, that person is obviously doing well enough that they could do with a little less jewelry. If a person is selling food, like that's their livelihood. And op- and none of these merchants look like they're doing particularly well, well enough that they're just wearing jewelry all over the fucking place anyway. I will say again, though, this song, One Jump, fantastic. Howard Ashman and uh, Alan Macon, are, they, I think to me, their music is like peak Disney. Every movie they worked on has such a fantastic soundtrack. Besides the differences in the animated version of this being, you said kind of Looney Tunesy. I think that's fair. Mm-hmm. And the live action version being, there's like stunts. There's like a bunch of stunts done. It's like all about those stunts. It's like watching a YouTube video. It's like watching a parkour YouTube video. It's just one's, one's animated, so they're not limited by, like, human movement. But one of them, yeah, one deals with, like, fire breathers and sword swallowers and stuff. And the other is, is just, a, just a kid running through the... Just trying to get away from the law. I'm sure that was solid. You cut out right there. I said just a kid running away from the law. Oh, it wasn't solid. Honestly, the way you started that sentence, it sounded like there was going to be, be a punchline at the end. Not so... everything I say is a joke. Hard disagree. <laughs> wow hurt bam i'm on Ouch. fire tonight Oof. there are a couple changes in the remake that i cannot altogether disagree with for instance in the original one jump ahead song sequence there's a bit where aladdin seems to run into a brothel and they change it to seem more like a schoolhouse in the remake it's hard for me to tell what it is i'd, I'd need to watch it again and, like slow it down on the one hand Really slow that it down. Seems, that seems kind of... You, you want to get a good look at that brothel. Better, I meant the schoolhouse, but get your mind right in that gutter. Uh, it seems kind of better to highlight the idea of educating women instead of objectifying them. On the other hand, the erasure of sex workers seems a bit puritan to me. I don't know, man. <laughs> Assuming it is a school in the remake, and I think it is. I think that's slightly better because there's this idea, a sort of toxic idea, about the um, Arabian girl archetype, which is always some sort of seductress-type character. And that is apparently mostly the fault of Rome. Ancient yes. Rome did that, yes. and everybody just ran with it since then. 
because our forefathers just loved ancient Rome. It wasn't even that. It was just, uh, it's kind of astounding how much of our cultural taboos all come from ancient Rome, literally all of them. As a culture that is founded upon Western philosophy and Western ideals, we have adopted so much shit that is just ancient Rome that it's astounding. If you look into any level of our society today, all of it's ancient Rome. Something that I noticed, they do stuff like that a couple of times. They do a sort of similar thing where in the Will Smith version of Prince Ali, he says he has 10,000 servants and flunkies instead of he's got slaves, he's got servants and flunkies. Which is, I think, yes. we can all say a better version of that line. Yes, definitely. Now, let me talk about one of my favorite lines that they keep in both movies. Only your fleas will mourn you. Yeah, that <laughs> line is so <laughs> hardcore, man. This guy's not even a character. And he gets, like, the most solid burn. What a hard own. How did he come up with that? Does he spend all day thinking about disses for street rats? Or is that just off his dome? Because I think Jasmine should marry him. <laughs> Maybe he said only your fleas will mourn you to Raja too. And Raja was like, nope, that's not as funny as you think it is. You're about to not have a left butt cheek. Since we're about to meet Jasmine in the cartoon, can I talk about the different versions of Raja for a second? Yeah. I liked both of them. One of the main things across both movies that I, I kind of dug was I had two versions of Raja. One was a cartoon, one wasn't. The cartoon version of Raja is very empathetic towards Jasmine, but the quote-unquote live-action version, I'm sure he's, I'm sure that Raja's also animated, is a fucking tiger yeah. that, like, a human being has near her all the time. Yes. It's a strong look. I'm trying to think a of a around. bigger power play, especially for somebody who has so little inherent power considering who she is. Like, she should have more power, but she doesn't because she's a woman. So she just has a tiger. Like, why not? Yeah, It's why so not? great. I love that in so many scenes of that movie, there's just a fucking tiger. There's a bit where she does this, like, power march, and yeah, the tiger is right there, ready to kill anybody who gets in her damn way. Raja's great. Jasmine is interesting because she probably, besides the Sultan himself, has the most changes to her character. So Jasmine in the cartoon, she wants to abandon her duty because she basically knows she's going to be a glorified trophy wife. Yes. And Jasmine, the remake, wants to, like, seize her duty she wants so that to she be doesn't Sultan. have to be a glorified trophy wife. Like, what she wants to do is she... She really wants to rule, and the cartoon version more like passively knows she's never going to. There's a change in Jasmine that I think mirrors a change that they make in the movie. Agrabah feels just a little bit more forgiving to women in general in the remake. Part of that might be me putting stuff together from that school brothel thing. And part of it's like, Jasmine has a reason why she can't leave the palace, instead of just, she can't leave the palace. Because she's a woman, yeah. And the sultan isn't making her get married. She's kind of supposed to get married so that they can have a new sultan. But there's not a, like, three days until you have to get married, that's what the law says thing. In the animated film, the only thing that Jasmine doesn't like about this, this imposed thing on her is that she wants to be married for love. She mentions briefly that the law is wrong, but that's not why she cares. She cares because she wants to be married for love and not because she has to be married, and that kind of sucks. That doesn't feel good. Yes, because at the end of the movie, the resolution is that she finally gets to marry the person she wants, but she just met Aladdin. Like, they should date, but they're not gonna, because the law says she needs to get married in a few days. 
And that's not the law that was changed. The only thing that Jasmine does in the animated version of Aladdin is she goes out, she runs away. Honest to God, I thought you were going to say the only thing she does is seduce Jafar. No, she runs away. Well, the thing that I thought of was seducing Jafar, which I thought was a pretty good power move if you're stuck in a movie where that's like your main power. It just feels gross, man. Like... I don't like it. It's fine that it feels gross. I understand that. I think that Jasmine is a decent character with a really bad setting for her. Talk about this little, she has a fight with her dad, about always kicking out the princes with holes in their pants from when Raja attacks them, because all the men that come to see her suck. The Sultan walks out of the room and mutters her mother wasn't nearly so picky. Yeah, obviously her mother was not picky i don't know how cool the sultan ever was it's unclear because he his brain is tapioca pudding by now right he's literally a child yes but i think there's a reason for that and i think it's that whenever the vizier walks in he hypnotizes them i don't think the sultan has made his own brain connections in a long time i think that the reason the sultan is so messed up is 100% on Jafar. Jafar comes in and mind controls the sultan so he can get his ring, so he can use it to find the diamond in the rough. Yes. Because the diamond ring, you get it. You get it. By the way, what do you think they mean by diamond in the rough? It's spelled out in the animated film. It's somebody who has worth and has the means to be great hidden deep down inside and they just haven't had the chance to prove it. Yeah, but that sounds so vague to me. Oh, you mean like, what does it mean specifically in terms of the rules of the magic? Why does the tiger let Aladdin climb into his mouth? I know we're jumping ahead a little bit, but I'm curious about the, about what you think diamond in the rough means, because I have a personal theory. No, I literally did not think of it at all. I put no agency on it. Like, to me, it's just, it's a metaphor for Aladdin's character. Uh, I think kind of is, but I mean, it, it definitely is. It is a metaphor for Aladdin's character, but I think specifically... Aladdin is a diamond in the rough because he will wish the genie free. That's my understanding is anybody else who tries to go in there wants the lamp to make three wishes. But Aladdin befriended the genie, wished for him to be free, and got rid of the lamp. This huge, terrible power is just gone from Agrabah now, from the world, from the cosmos. Jafar thinks he can control the cosmos as a genie, and maybe he could. Wow, weird side note. That I just realized right now, if the point of the Cave of Wonders was to stop anybody from using the lamp until somebody who wished the genie free would come along, then man, it was a super bad idea to make another genie right then and there. (laughs) That doesn't really make sense to me because the genie has had other masters over the millennia, so other people have clearly gone into the Cave of Wonders and gotten the genie and made their three wishes and then i don't think the lamp ends up back in the cave of wonders except at one time when somebody made it or the cave of wonders appeared or something because what happens when jafar uses his third wish is just aladdin just takes the lamp back well the carpet and the genie know each other that's true but that could mean that the last master had the carpet and the lamp at the same time and then he died in the cave of wonders or something, yeah. The carpet is a big mystery, too. We never, in either version, ever learn what the carpet is. The carpet is a sentient, magical item. Maybe the genie made it. That would make sense, right? For one of his old masters, but 
we just don't know. Also, since it's not one of the rules, I will assume that the genie can and has created life. He seems to make fake people a lot, so maybe. Or maybe he can just change things that are alive into people. That's a scary idea, because if he did make the the rug, he definitely turned something into that rug. Yeah. They basically made it immortal, so I guess it's a step up from whatever the hell else it was. Jasmine runs away from the palace. Probably a Are we dog. there? Uh, yeah, sure. Mm. We can be. Jasmine decides to not take the, off Okay, my problem is that fuck all the carpet acts like a human. A lot. Like a really smart I think dog? the carpet was human. <laughs> well, okay, to be fair, it's a Disney movie. Mm-hmm. And in Disney movies, all animals have human-level intelligence. Yes. And in the live action movie, it's not, it doesn't act as much like a human. Right. It's still clearly at human level intelligence, but it does not specifically like shake hands or don a hat or anything. Jasmine runs away from Castle. This was my, yes. a, again, I mentioned this before. It was a big problem to me that they didn't show Jasmine running away from the castle in the remake, that we would just have to like accept that. Well, yeah. Why would they have to show it? Obviously, she snuck out because she's not in the castle. And they mention over the course of her being with Aladdin, Aladdin mentions that like, oh, yeah, the princess hasn't been seen in so long because and she's never allowed out. We put the pieces together as an intelligent audience. It just felt like such a remake thing to me. Like, yeah, we know she escapes from the castle. We don't have to show it. Well, the thing is, is that the reason we have to see it in the animated film is because she's not sneaking out. She's running away. So we have to see her get to that point and make that decision. Yeah, in the live action film, she she wants to go back. Yeah, she's just looking around Agrabah for a bit. It's a shift in what her purpose is. In the live action version, it's weird that she gives kids foods, food and can't pay for it. Because this is a version of Jasmine who does know more about the world. In the cartoon version, she's never had to deal with money before. She says she's never left the castle. Not that she can't leave the castle, that she never has. This is like some fucking, um, Golden City? Is that the right place? What? El Dorado? No. The Emperor's Golden City. Is that a thing? I have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) It's either in China or Japan, and I really wish I could remember which one it was, One of the old emperors, either in China or Japan, had a whole golden city that they just never left. I have no idea. Definitely not Japan. I'm so mad you don't know this because I almost know it and I know I'm half wrong. Maybe the Forbidden City? At the Forbidden Palace. That's what you're talking about? The Forbidden Palace or the Forbidden City? Yes. There were emperors who never left the Forbidden City. The floors of major halls were paved with golden bricks. That's why I thought of it as the Golden City. It's all coming together and it's in Beijing which is super yes. not in Japan. <laughs> what do you mean Beijing is not in Japan? I mean, it's not in Japan. What the hell are yeah. you talking about? I know it's not. I told you it wasn't in Japan already. I know. I was I was remarking on the fact that I couldn't remember if it was in Japan or China. Well, J- Japan has its own, like, semi, like, kind of... Does, it, does it have a similar thing? Or had a similar thing, rather? It, yeah, it, it's not quite the same. It had a palace that the emperor lived in uh, and couldn't leave, but that's because the emperor was no longer the seat of power anymore. The shogun yeah, was. Okay. I learned all about Eastern imperialism at, like, the same time, so it all kind of melds together. So what you're saying is, is that to you, J- Japan and China on, are basically the same. On, man. <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. Animated Jasmine, who uh, escapes and does not know how money works, and never wants to go back home, but does not have a plan. Steals some apples to give to some kids? I wouldn't say she stole them. Like, she definitely stole them, but it's more along the lines of she just kind of grabs some apples off a stand and gives them to some kids. Like, there was no thought put into it. Right. It's just something she does. And she's accused of theft. The point is, 
Jasmine is 100% up for acting like a lunatic on her first day outside. It is kind of great how quickly she's like, oh, okay. Yes, and boom, I got it. The one thing I did while I was trapped in the palace was take some dope improv classes. <laughs> Let's do this. Oh, man. That would be great because imagine those improv classes. It was Jasmine. It was definitely the Sultan, and it was a tiger, and do you know what? Sometimes it was Jafar, because he couldn't always say no to the Sultan. You can't always say no to the Sultan. So, uh, Jim Cummings eventually comes in to arrest Aladdin. I'm trying to think if if there's anything about the, like, Aladdin-Jasmine meet-cute that we should focus on. It's just a meet-cute. They fall in love. They make googie eyes at each other. In the remake, their meet-cute is part of One Step Ahead. Which is interesting, I suppose, as a way to make the movies a little bit different. The meet-cute in the original film, they're they're actually having a conversation and talking to each other and proposing ideas and having a response. Whereas in the animated film, they're both kind of monologuing. You are hitting hard on the issue of original. Because you said original when you meant the newer one. The, oh no, when I meant the animated film. You said in the animated film they were monologuing, and the original film they were having a conversation. Oh, wow. I, I, like I told you, man, I'm gonna have trouble with this. This is why I wanted to do them in chunks, so that I could just say... Too bad! The one we're on. It seems like they're trying to push, in the animated film, the idea of, like, a Prince and the Popper situation with these two. That they have many of the same problems, despite the fact that they're on opposite ends of the... I don't know, wealth spectrum? I guess my issue with that is that I I don't super buy it. The problem with that is uh, Aladdin definitely has problems. Well, and they both have real problems, but they both have very different real problems. Aladdin's problem is that he never knows where his next meal is coming from, and Jasmine's problem is she might not have control over her life. Well, and that's the thing, right, is the, the scale of the problem is that Jasmine's problems are societal. Well, All not women having money on is every societal. level of the wealth spectrum Swish! has those problems. Swish! Swish! Not having money is also societal, is what I said. I know I said we weren't going to tear down capitalism, but, you know. No, I, I, you're right, though. <laughs> but what, what I mean to say is that, like, every, like, Every woman in Agrabah has the same problem that Jasmine has. I don't think that's true. You don't think it's true that all other women in Agrabah are dictated who they're going to be married to? No, we see three strong, independent prostitutes. Okay, yeah, but they're just, you know... Well, they're just, you know what, Andy? I know it doesn't sound like the best example, but they're definitely making their own money... Are they? Like, I don't know how prostitution worked back then, but it seems to I also like don't they... know that, but their boss also seems to be a chick. Yeah, no, and definitely maybe their boss is com- a completely independent woman, but we don't know how she runs that business. That would also mean that there is at least one other completely independent woman. I mean, the problem with Jasmine, not the problem with Jasmine, the problem with Jasmine's situation is that people want to marry her because then they get to be sultan. And the problem with Aladdin is that he could die tomorrow. Yes, but Jasmine could also die of sadness. Of a broken heart. So, watch your mouth, Andy. (laughs) My issue isn't that they they are different levels of problem. I think that, that they are both very big problems for these characters. My issue is that they seem to bond over the fact that they both feel trapped, even though they are trapped in completely different situations. And the funny thing is, Aladdin is a smart, uh, physically capable person 
who can do flips for days, he could definitely get some kind of job. I don't know if being an orphan means anything. I don't know if not having money means anything. I don't know if he is born into some caste. That means that he'll never have any money. Although he doesn't seem to be because they don't mention it. Uh, to me, the issue is that the movie really hits the nail on the head that the reason they bond is because they both feel trapped. But they should both be bonding because both of them want more from life than they can get from where they are. Yeah, they want like, to be where the people are. Nope, different movie. Different movie. I'm sorry, um, you said that they want more. and um, Yeah. The, the thing is, is that that's what all characters want, is more from life. It's weird to me that like the movie really focuses in on trapped. Why can't they just bond? Like, Why does it have to be over this specific word? Well, if it makes you feel any better, they seem to bond later. It doesn't seem like they have that much time together before the guards burst in. Yeah, Jim Cummings, who answers to Jafar only, arrests Aladdin. It's not clear that he answers to Jafar only so much as it is that he answers to Jafar before Jasmine, a woman. Yeah, Aladdin is arrested. Is this different in the remake? Yes. How do they, how do they deal with that in the remake? I cannot remember. In the remake, Jasmine just goes... Jasmine left! Jasmine went back. That's right, before the before the fleas guy. Because uh, that was all the way back in one jump. And then he broke into the palace. She leaves because he was going to give her back her bracelet. And so she's like, oh, you just stole it then, asshole. And she left. And so now he's like, shit, I got to give the bracelet back. She, I can't let her live thinking that I'm an asshole. That just because my monkey likes shiny things. That's how uh, Jafar gets his eyes on him is because Iago is like Jafar's eyes and ears in the palace. Iago comes back and tells him that somebody has snuck into the castle. Well, he says thief in the palace. And then he says diamond in, diamond the, in rough. the rough. And... I really wish Yago was a character in the remake, but that was still like a solid moment. No, it definitely is. And then that's Jafar's in to Aladdin in the live action movie instead of doing the whole like Frankenstein contraption with the diamond. The Frankenstein um, contraption is powered by Iago pedaling. It's like a treadmill. Yago's a bird. Jafar could probably kick this thing and generate as much power as Yago can make walking on it. J but Jafar is really evil though. <laughs> Speaking of which, Jafar does an awesome thing that I had forgotten that he does in the animated movie. An awesome thing from an evil perspective, but also from an evil plan perspective. Yes. It's really good. Jasmine says, why'd you arrest that dude? And he says, uh, for kidnapping the princess. And she tells him to let him out. And he says, oh, he's already been beheaded. We killed him. We killed him. And you know what? It's basically your fault for leaving. That's what happens. It means that she will never go search for him, and it stops her from ever wanting to run away again, again. because the last time that happened, somebody died. It is so good. I love it. It's a good little manipulation. The remake version of Jasmine does not need to be shut down in the same way, and so it never happens, but it's pretty solid. It's a good evil moment for a clearly evil character, especially because he does, he puts on the waterworks. He's like, oh, but if only I had known. Oh, and he's, I'm so sorry, princess. And it's super super long hands she's so greasy <laughs> like to, like tap on her like really thin shoulders and it's like that that moment is it's like a spider on a fly he, yeah it's his great. hands are like spiders in in a way that's very good jafar then dresses up like an old creepy man yes we cut to aladdin in a um dungeon abu is going to let him out with his collection of lockpicks that he keeps on him at all times, which is great. I love cartoons. And Jafar is 
I, I, I hadn't really remembered this. This is not a magical disguise. This is just a beard, and he took off his hat, and apparently he's bald. And that's it. So th this is his whole getup for meeting Aladdin in the dungeon, having a secret way out of the dungeon. By the way, never until this moment did I think about the fact that Jafar really considered the idea that he would be thrown in the dungeon one day and wanted to be sure he could get out. Yeah, of course, of course. Which is so solid. If you're planning to overthrow a king, you need to assume that if things go wrong, you'll be thrown in a, in the dungeon. So he has a he has a secret stair out of the dungeon. They get on a camel to go out to the cave of wonders. Cave of wonders opens up. They do the whole "Who dares enter?" Aladdin says, "I do." Goes in the cave. There is a line that Jafar has when he's trying to convince Aladdin to go with him and that he could help him with his situation when he says you ever hear of the golden rule whoever has the gold makes the rules and i was like that's good that's a good line here's my big problem with the cave of wonders <laughs> this cgi looks like shit man Ooh, it's rough it was 92 i it, it's aged Okay, it is aged CGI. I, I still think it looks good, though, for what aged it is. Aged like a box of juice underneath the couch. It definitely looks better than most, I think, CGI of the era. I don't think the really rough CGI comes in in Aladdin until the lava shows up. Yes, once the lava shows Well, I just mean the whole Cave of Wonder scene relies on CGI in a lot of ways. And I understand why, because we're talking about a very complexly choreographed digital roller coaster, basically, that whole scene. And it's like, I can see why they did it because it was easier for them to make it in 3D and then just digitally apply hand-drawn textures to it. And I will say this is that the carpet is hand-drawn and hand-animated completely, but the texture is not. The texture is digitally applied for, for the same reason is that the carpet moves in such complex ways that having to hand-draw all those textures was... It, it's difficult. That's and I, too so, much that's fine like to me that's that that you don't notice that for the i was gonna part. say i i don't see that in the carpet at all i, mean, I, I noticed did. the textures i think they look good but i hadn't picked up that they were cgi i had picked up that the textures were digitally applied just because like i have a real i have a good eye for that kind of stuff so but it looks good and, and i understand why they did it there but to me the whole cave of wonder scene relies on cgi to produce spectacle uh that i don't think it needed uh, to pivot a little bit that was my issue with the remake was the opposite is that i felt like the cave of wonders didn't have very much spectacle in it yeah i wanted spectacle i wanted huge towers of gold i wanted some scrooge mcduck level gold in there and mm -hmm. multiple rooms but the cave of wonders has one room you can see the door the whole time the lamp's just like right there it just it just seems weird the idea that like the lamp is right there here here's the cave of wonders and here's like it's like a cave. Yeah, it's a cave of wonders. And the wonders is a bunch of golden jewels and a lamp. Some golden jewels and a lamp. I would say it's a bunch. I would say a bunch. There's definitely a fair amount, but like not for the as big a cave as it is. You'll just walk past just a piece of jewelry just sitting on a rock because that's where that jewelry is. There's no like towers of gold or again, multiple rooms or a giant monkey with a huge ruby. And it's like the most fuck off ruby you've ever seen. I actually prefer the ruby in the live action version just because of the spinning. Adds to the fact that Abu in, in this version is just, it's, it's trained. But is at the end of the day kind of still... Yeah, it's still a monkey. Yeah. I, I didn't dislike the ruby in the remake. 
but I couldn't stop myself comparing the Cave of Wonders to like a bigger, cooler Cave of Wonders that I had already seen. I don't know, man. Like, it's not necessary. It's super necessary because there's the biggest problem, which is the Cave of Wonders doesn't cave in. It just gets some lava in it, which is bad, but not that bad. I mean, it's enough to kill you. It's not. There's no death-defying, there's a little bit of death-defying stunts to get away from some of the lava, but the lava does not rise, it doesn't melt anything, nothing really bad happens. You just have to stand on a different piece of rock. I mean, I feel like if you didn't have a magic carpet, you would still be fucked. You would be fucked in the sort of Alibaba way of getting trapped in a cave full of gold that you can't open again. Yeah, and then you would die. But not in the way of a tiger just crushed you with his whole body. No, I get what you're saying. But like, again, it's it's unnecessary for the live action version. The idea that this that the Cave of Wonders is this huge multi-room. Dungeons and Dragons style dungeon. Dungeons and Dragons style dungeon. Good. Full of traps because every piece of gold is a trap. Why, it's full of one trap. It's all one big trap. This huge trap that then, as soon as you fuck up, everything is destroyed and none of that stuff even had existed, it seems like. It turns to sand. And it's just you, if you have managed to survive, which you would have had to jump on a magic carpet and dodge explosions out of a pool of lava to do. If you manage to survive all that, then... You are stuck in a cave smaller than the room I'm in now. It's just you and your stupid monkey. And it's dark, but there's enough light because it's a movie to tell where everything is. And where everything is, is there's nothing here. I had a problem every time in the remake stuff was less cool. And I know that there's going to be that issue with a live action version that was originally animated. But I kept going back to like, they opted to do some cool stuff with animation in fucking Jungle Book or again Beauty and the Beast and it just felt like they decided not to. I will say something that the remake definitely got right is for some fucking reason Aladdin is hanging over a pit of lava and Jafar goes to stab him in the animated version and like why would you bother to stab him? And that is an excessive move just just kick him. Just kick him. Just, like, stomp on his little hands for a bit. That's what the different Jafar does. It would feel a little bit better to just slowly step on somebody's hand and watch them fall to their death. Well, to be fair, animated Jafar is more psyched about being evil. That's true. He's way into it. I think stabbing people is fun for him. That's why he has a dagger that's, like, the craziest looking dagger you've ever seen. Those zigzaggy daggers are super cool if you've ever get- I saw one in a museum once. Yeah. Yeah, they're pretty rad. Is there a point to them? I mean, yeah, it's at the end. It's the part you stab with. (laughs) Oh my god. You really walked into that one. Oh man. Should I just leave? I know I haven't been like 100% the coolest this episode. I got a lot, I got really worked up. And then I just like, bam, literally walked right into that. Wow. No, man. And I just said literally wrong. (laughs) You're really all over the place. I don't want to compare Will Smith's genie with Robin Williams' genie. I thought the same thing because I liked Will Smith's genie. I thought Will Smith was charming and brought a fair amount to the genie. And then I watched Robin Williams' genie and I was like, oh, his performance is like unassailable. 
There's, like, nothing you can do to ever match up to this, so you have to accept them as different characters or you'll go insane. And the problem is, again, is, like, Robin Williams is Robin Williams. Like, he, he really owns a lot. Everything that Robin Williams has ever been in, even if it's not good, Robin Williams is always the best thing in it. Actually, I'll say two things about the differences between Genie, and then I will try really hard not to bring them up again. One, I had a really big problem with the live-action version of the lamp because it looked cool. Yeah. And it's my opinion that the lamp should look like a beat-up, worthless piece of junk. I get that. That's the story opinion, though. Yeah, the, I think the lamp should suck. Well, they're putting it on the poster, so I think they want it to look good. Uh, wait, also, in the animated version, Aladdin rubs the lamp because it says something, and we never find out what it says. Yeah, uh, it probably says something like, he whoever rubs this lamp will be known as Thor or something. Something like that. Uh, the other thing I was gonna say, this is not about Robin Williams' performance, but it's, it's more about animation, I guess it's about animation in general magic is so much bigger in the anime version they do so much more stuff with it and i know that it would be harder to do that much stuff in the remake but some of it i wish that they had done some camera tricks or something to give it a little bit more or even like man have you ever watched the good place yes I watched the first season. The Good Place does some, like, fun shit with magic. And that's all, like, three guys who... <laughs> less. I think it's mostly one dude, actually, who does their special effects. But maybe because the animated version was so big, they specifically went for a smaller feel? There's a lot of stuff you can't do. But there's a lot of stuff they could have done, but they did Like, you can't make the genie suddenly, su suddenly do an impression then turn into that person. Yes. But... Jump forward a little bit, and we'll jump back. During Prince Ali, he has one costume change. But it, but the Robin Williams genie has like a million costume changes. I feel like they could have still had Will Smith have a million costume changes. But I, I just felt like they could have just had a little bit more magic. And again, I will try not to bring this up every time there's magic. But I am going to be thinking it. I feel like specific choices were made to make magic a little bit less bombastic and make it basically made it so only the bad guy does it. Although that's not even fair because like I, I already said that I, I hated the Sultan wish because then the magic like didn't do shit and that was weird and I had to sit there and watch that happen. Mm -hmm. I like that. Just so actually. Jasmine could have a song that I did not like. I really wanted to like Jasmine's song. I liked the fact that the wish to be a Sultan didn't work just because it established something about what the genie was telling aladdin earlier in the film it's not the clothes it's not the magic right like at the end of the day people will see through all of that stuff and they'll see you and so you need to ask yourself like who is that person that they're gonna see once all of that stuff is gone i sort of have an issue with that too because the genie's magic is not an illusion because he gives jafar real power twice he makes jafar more powerful than he is if i say i wish to be the sultan and somebody else can say no you're not actually the sultan then what was the point of my wish well that's the thing right is well all that wish does is change some names on some papers he didn't wish that people would follow him or that he could wield a certain amount of political influence he just wished for a title there's a lot of gray area there one of the main differences between the robin williams genie and the will smith genie is will smith genie does mention gray area in wishes and robin williams never does 
Whenever Robin Williams casts a wish, it seems like he is stuck casting that wish to the best of his ability. Like, Aladdin wishes to be a prince. And first he dresses him up, and then he makes him an elephant. He didn't need to make him an elephant. And then he makes him 10,000 servants and flunkies, or whatever. It seems to me that the Robin Williams version did that because to him that meant fulfilling that wish. And the Will Smith version did that because he was having fun. Mm-hmm. maybe when Jafar wished to be the Sultan, that was enough gray area that he could just change some names on some papers and have everybody accept that he's a Sultan until the moment where they question it. Because his next wish is to become the most powerful sorcerer in the world. And there's not a lot of leeway there. There is not a lot of breathing room. So we talked about Aladdin conning the genie a little bit. Actually, mm-hmm. I want to talk about the genie's entrance. Uh, Friend like me? I Yeah, I like it. It's a good song. Both of the films do this. Both of the films pull it off. I don't really want to talk about them isolated, but Prince Ali and Friend Like Me are both real big showstoppers. Mm -hmm. And they both basically happen back to back. Yeah, there's only a little bit of breathing room in both of the movies between them. And that's crazy to me that they were able to do something like that and and it works like you're not tired by the end of either of them and, and neither one outweighs the other. These are the same guys that wrote Belle, the like 10 minute opening song to Beauty and the Beast. So I guess they knew what they were doing. Yeah, right. Like these guys are obviously know how to do their job. But like, it's crazy to me that they sat down and they went or somebody sat down and went, we're going to put two fucking big show stopping songs one after the other. I find in most things, when you do your showstopper, like it stops your show. You either have the problem where you do your showstopper and everything after it is kind of just a non-issue and you don't really care. It's it's not as big. You did it. You did the big thing and now nobody cares about the rest, right? Mm-hmm. Or you do the thing where everything is a showstopper and like it, you get tired of it. You're like, oh, that this is exhausting. exhausting. There's too much, too much energy, right? It's amazing to me that this that these songs are both able to exist as they are so close together in both movies. And they both go into pretty good cooldown scenes, if you need a cooldown scene after that. Yeah. Let's see. In the animated version, a little bit before Prince Ali, we find out that Jafar wants to marry Jasmine. Yes. Because he lost the lamp and he believes it to be lost forever. Yes. The only way to seize power and make sure he isn't kicked out as soon as she takes over Oh, yeah, because the Sultan thinks you can resolve arguments by just saying they're resolved. Yeah. Oh, Oh my God. The Sultan brings... Yeah, yeah. I honestly, I think it's just that he's been hypnotized about a thousand too many times. His brain is fucking putty, man. Yeah, and he he hears from Jasmine that Jafar had somebody killed. And so he tells Jafar, you can't kill anybody without asking me first and then he says now let's put this whole thing behind us what come on sultan there's a there's a little bit earlier when uh, when iago suggests that jafar should marry jasmine because mm-hmm. it's iago's idea yes and jafar looks at him and he says i love the way your foul little mind works good line great pun delivery fantastic so he wants to marry Jasmine because he lost the lamp. He goes up to the Sultan, is hypnotizing him to get this to happen. And the Sultan, the Sultan uses what I believe to be his last vestige of willpower to say, but you're so old. 
And I'm like, that's the last time we ever see the Sultan resist this at all. Oh, yeah. he. Uh, after that, his brain is like, it's, it is fucking sloshing around in there like a milkshake. Anyway, it's super easy to break into the palace on an elephant. It's definitely too easy to break into the palace on an elephant. Well, the, so in in the animated film, they only have like three guards, right? Jim Cummings and the two other guys. It's sort of unclear. I kind of, I think. <laughs> no, no. Because during One Jump Ahead, guards come out of nowhere. Oh, but those guys are temps. Those guys live in those guys live and work in the city. They they should have more cards around the castle then. They really should <laughs> though. I do love that Jafar does close the door before the Sultan can open it. It's good shorthand for their relationship, actually. This next scene between Jafar, the Sultan, and Aladdin has a lot of great the office style moments. <laughs> where uh it's it kind of feels like three character actors just like working working out a scene, and it almost feels out of place. Mostly because we don't ever see the Sultan be this kind of interesting. This is the most involved in the plot the Sultan gets. Yes, is he really wants to ride that carpet? <laughs> and um, there's a moment where the Sultan says, "I'm an excellent judge of character," and it just zooms in on Jafar like a <laughs> yes. crazy amount. Like, <laughs> It's a great scene. The the Sultan's flying around on the carpet, which I hadn't remembered that, like, Aladdin just shows people. <laughs> He's got a magic carpet, and at least the Sultan says, what is this device? Which means he might not necessarily think it's magic. But, like, yeah, he has a magic carpet that he just shows everybody. And while, while the Sultan's, like, doing flips and shit on the carpet... While that's happening, Jafar is like half trying to get him down and half trying to interrogate Aladdin about who the hell he actually is. And where is uh, Ababwa? Abubu. Ali Abubu. I like how he says it. <laughs> uh, he says it like yes. five times in this movie and every time he says it, it like zooms in on his eyes and like a shadows cast over them. Like, it's great. That scene ends when they are arguing over whether or not Prince Ali will marry Jasmine and Jasmine walks in and none of them will make eye contact with her. It, what an awkward situation that they have put themselves in there. Ooh, talk about your foot in your mouth. What what I loved about it is like I was watching Jafar and Jafar was like too embarrassed to look at her, which I didn't know that that was a thing he could do. Yeah, the, I guess nobody likes being in an awkward situation. And she's like, hey, why are two dudes trying to tell me what's happening in my life? And they're all like, mm. Guess we probably shouldn't. We were going to. Man, Aladdin really, like, really acts like a dipshit and a tool in these next couple scenes. <laughs> in a way that is astounding. I think part of it, in both versions actually, is like, he's poor and almost definitely hasn't, like, wooed somebody. And even if he has, they've never been a princess. And he 100% does not know how this works. In the live-action version, he spends most of his time saying misogynist shit. Oh. Sorry, in the <laughs> animated version. Did I say animated or live-action? You said live-action. I meant animated. I was going to real quick touch on the... Um... The jam scene? Yeah, the, the live-action version of this scene 
which is a very funny scene. It's so good. I love that Aladdin, a person who is very, very poor, as soon as, like, he makes this wish, he's put in these frugality, walks into a room and is like, oh, shit, I don't know what to say. Well, at one point, he starts to bow, and Will Smith's like, that's a curtsy, not a bow. <laughs> he has no idea. The level of discomfort that everyone... There's like a good three seconds of silence in that scene where Aladdin is just listing off types of yams and everyone's just like nodding like, yeah, man. Like the same way you do when somebody is like telling you about the weather. This is also the scene where the my big problem with the movie comes in where the genie and the maid character start like being weird. How, define being weird. Falling in love with each other. So why is this your big problem with this movie? Because I know why I didn't like it, but I'm curious about your reason. For one thing, it's unnecessary. Okay, well, I guess you don't want Will Smith to have kids. That's fine. I, well, it's not even, I, I like Detective Pikachu, but... I <laughs> Bam! Brought it back. Wait, what? I said, I guess you don't want Will Smith to have kids. That's fine. Then I said, I liked Detective Pikachu, but... Yeah. And then I said, bam, brought it back. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to cut all of that out of the... I'm just of, glad of the that beginning you said it twice episode. in its entirety. Anyway... So it doesn't really matter. It's really only a joke for you to appreciate the fact that I told twice because it's definitely not going to make it into the final bit. Although now it might because now I've explained it too long. You you have just said twice that it's not going to make it into the final bit. And therefore, well, that's why it's funny, Andy. (laughs) I can't get over it. I fucking love it when somebody says oh we're cutting that out and it's not cut it's out. not cut out yeah i don't know why that's hilarious you know what makes it not funny though is us saying that uh just get rid of it just get i'll rid cut of out that god damn it <laughs> Shit. you know what just cut all of it just just everything all of it gone stop it no podcast stop we're gonna it. release an empty podcast zero seconds long no asshole we're gonna release a completely uncut podcast (laughs) because i will not be able to cut anything out anymore oh man so it's all staying in now in the live action film aladdin's like the most awkward human being on the planet in the animated film aladdin spends most of his time saying weirdly misogynist shit and then a whole new world happens to be fair jasmine sets him up to say misogynist shit and he's not good at picking up these cues because mm-hmm. she's like yeah i'm really pretty i'm a great prize for a prince he's like yes me a prince <laughs> who you shall be a prize for and it's like no dude that's not that's absolutely not what she meant like he thinks this is going way better than sh- than than it than is she does um also this is important jasmine thinks that aladdin is dead and this fucking new guy just showed up in her room and started hitting on her like, Aladdin knows that they made a connection. Oh, that's right. Aladdin doesn't know that she thinks he's dead. Aladdin doesn't know that she thinks he's dead. There's no fucking way he would have approached her in this same way if he thought she was warning him. He just thinks they had a good day. Well, to be fair, he knows that they had a connection. So he's trying to capitalize on that without telling her who he is. And also doesn't know that she thinks he's dead. So now it's like, what a what yeah. a, what a a bad place to be in. But that's kind of why I love A Whole New World in this scene, because, like, there's no way that he should be able to get over all this, especially because he starts piling shit on top of himself, digging this hole way deeper. Oh, yeah. By, I guess, thinking that rich people are assholes and so acting like an asshole. That's, like, the best I can think of why he's being like this. Which would kind of make sense because the only rich person we see him interact with almost kills a kid and then tries to whip him for it. There's a lot of give and take, uh, but I think Aladdin really starts to succeed once he once he gets it into his head like, all right, I'm going to have fun with this. 
because she tells him to jump off the balcony. Yes. And this is such a fucking power move. And he's immediately like, all right, let's have a little fun then. And he mopes and he looks all sad and he's like... Importantly, I want to say he does say, you're right, you're not a prize to be won, which is good because it seems like the first time anybody has told her that. But also bad because he's definitely saying it in this very half-assed, jokey manner. I mean, look, this this is Aladdin. He's the guy who got a free wish out of the genie. By acting like he didn't think the genie was powerful. And You're right. So it's cave. okay that he's emotionally manipulating Jasmine here. You're right. Okay. This is this is some fucking low level emotional manipulation. Oh, oh, you mean jumping off the cliffs? Yes. That's pretty mid level. At <laughs> That's least. That's pretty mid level. And hey, Jasmine, guess what? You just caused another person's death. Oh fuck, dude! I didn't even consider it for a second. <laughs> she must have thought she got another guy killed. killed. Oh my god. No wonder she falls in love with them. Her adrenaline's so fucking high. <laughs> oh, man. So he he does the whole bit, <laughs> jumps off, and then she, like, screams out, and he just pops his head up. What's going on? What happened? What a yeah. diglet-looking-ass motherfucker. <laughs> a whole new world. We talked about it a little bit. Slight difference in the, in the scenes. Uh, like I said, it's smaller in the remake, but in a way that I don't really mind because... It's established that Jasmine really loves her city. And so Aladdin shows her her city. <laughs> the idea of, like, driving her around her city makes a lot of sense. I, I, I like it. In the animated film, the Sphinx is in the movie for two seconds, and it loses its <laughs> nose. I don't remember what movie we watched where the Sphinx didn't lose its nose. Oh, dude, it was Prince of Egypt. Was it Prince of Egypt? No, Prince of Egypt, it did lose the nose. Oh, you're right, it did. Where didn't it? I'm remembering we got mad that a nose of the Sphinx didn't get lost. Or maybe we didn't. No, 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 no. You're conflating two things. Okay. Because we, I think we just, because we just talked about the other thing last episode. In one of the Prince, Swan Princess movies, they said something was fragile and it never broke. Right, 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 right. And it was that, and we did have a long conversation about the Sphinx's nose during Prince of Egypt, I think is what you're, what you're thinking of. But what I will say is this, is that I'm glad that in two seconds they were able to introduce the Sphinx and it just loses its nose immediately. Like, good gag, we all know it. It's such a cartoon gag too, like that's one of the more Looney Tunes moments in this movie as well. They visit, like, Hercules and Mulan, and then they go back. There's no, uh, Disney movie set in ancient Egypt. I don't think so, no. Not that I can think of. Which is too bad. That seems like such a great setting. You can, They can do Greek gods, but not Egyptian gods? I mean, maybe the reason is because DreamWorks came out with a really popular... Yeah, Prince of Egypt is hella strong. It's a classic. It's also really Jesus-y. Well, I mean, we think we both talked about how weirdly Jesus-y that movie was. Well, but I was just going to say that Disney's good at toning down Jesus-y shit to make more money. I would like, like, a Hercules-type movie, but with uh, ancient Egyptian gods, there are a lot of them to pick from. Anyway, yeah, they go to Greece and Egypt and end up in China watching fireworks. At the Forbidden Palace, by the way. That's the Forbidden Palace. And here I was, forgetting what it was called. And we bring it around all the way back. All the way back. Good at that, this episode. It'd be live action version they fly around the city sing the song and stop at like what seems to be uh some kind of street party yeah like a celebration like a like a block party or something yeah mm-hmm. this is when in both versions jasmine figures out that it's aladdin both by talking about a boo and both times aladdin immediately catches it and tells her that he dresses like a poor person like like a poor person to walk among, among the commoners 
Interestingly, in the remake, he does establish that he got to the city early to walk among the commoners, but is never questioned about that in the original, and it was only because of the remake that I even thought of that, which is like, he dresses like a commoner, okay, why is he like in her city like a fucking spy? Yeah, right? In the original, it's super shady. In the remake, it's it's just him like, I like knowing what the people are like in in any town that I go to. But the the gist of it is basically he, he just, he lies to Jasmine even more. But it's, it's a pretty solid date anyway. Carpet's super great at reading the mood and makes him kiss, uh, which is cute. Hey, I want to mention something because I think I had it earlier in my notes, but yeah. skipped it. Can Carpet's kiss? No, that's not cool. <laughs> No, I was going to... Because, like, what a... part of the carpet is its head? How does the carpet keep track of that? Did, I mean, can it get vertigo? Is it, know. like, it knows where its head is because it feels bad when it's upside down? I don't know. Or is it, like, a starfish where it doesn't matter? Good question. So, in both versions, now is the part where guards kidnap Aladdin to murder him. Yes. And guards really shouldn't murder on a vizier's orders. It's unseemly. But Jafar, in both versions, does seem to have a lock on these guards. Jafar wants to kill Aladdin because he knows he's Aladdin in the remake. And in the animated version, he wants to kill Prince Ali because he just came up with this fucking plan to marry the princess. And this dude just shows up and is like, I'm here to ruin your plans. And then is the first guy not to get half eaten by a tiger and thrown out. This actually brings me to a, a main difference in the remake in the original, which is until this point, Aladdin did not know that Jafar was a bad dude in the animated version because he'd never met him before or he didn't realize that he had. So I feel like there's more reason for his guard to be down in the animated version than in the uh, live action version where he looks at him and says, yeah, that's the dude. I don't think either one is wrong. I think it's interesting not to have Aladdin know who Jafar is. And it's interesting to have him know who Jafar is. Yeah. And I think both films do that relationship effectively either way. It was very visceral both ways to see Aladdin get thrown out of a window. Too. Definitely. When he was when he was thrown out of the window tied to a chair, that was like rough yeah but also the when the guards like took him out to some random cliff like they do this all the time that was also pretty rough yeah so this is a good scene all around and the genie has to come out and save him kind of talked about this bit uh, will smith genie aladdin is unconscious so he writes up a wish and has him put an x on it just like moves his hand to put the x on it Mm -hmm. it's cheating but it's basically a wish and the robin williams genie just shakes him until he nods which is i guess also fine it's clear in both that this is the genie intentionally playing within a gray area of the rules because he likes this kid and he thinks that this kid is a good person and the first good person he's probably worked for ever or maybe just in a long time but yeah i mean if i'm right about the idea that the uh, i don't think anyone who ever worked for him before and didn't free him can be considered a good person that's what i was gonna say yeah if if the idea of the diamond in the rough is the person who frees him then yeah he's probably the only good person he's ever met i will say that they did the the thing in the remake that is done in too many movies which is like having a guy be unconscious from drowning then he spits up water all over the person who saved him and the reason why i didn't like it was because he's a genie <laughs> he could just make him breathe also i have been getting more and more hung up on scenes i've seen too often i get that so uh aladdin doesn't want to free the genie he's used two wishes he doesn't want to use the last one because oh i'm sorry no he has to go confront jafar first he's gotta go bring that stick yep and he, and he breaks the stick 
He breaks a stick and the Sultan is no longer mind controlled. Do you want to talk about the Sultan in the remake? Uh, in the remake, the Sultan's, he's coded as just being more of a elderly king. So the, the big thing for his character in the remake is that he's just old. He's just so old. Guys, he's just, he's just so old. He's just, he's just so old. He, he's, so his, his whole thing is just that he doesn't know if when he dies, uh, Jasmine can be taken care of in a world that he doesn't trust anymore. It's a, it's easier to empathize with him. He seems more empathetic. He doesn't, we don't really see him rule, but I get the idea that he's a better ruler because he doesn't like play with toys all day. And also just like he has the loyalty of his guards, uh, which uh, <laughs> he does not in the animated film. He never does in the animated film. He yells for the guards during this scene right now. And some guards grab Jafar, but like, we don't really know those guards. And then Jafar escapes from them, so maybe they're not that loyal. Who knows? Yeah, it's, uh, there's a lot. Um, there's a lot. I think the, 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 the character that got changed the most between the two is the Sultan. Like, he's, he's got a little bit of agency. He has his own kind of arc that he goes through. He's still there just as Jasmine's father. Yes. His primary defining feature is that he's Jasmine's father and he's the the sultan. Uh, I just wanted to mention that because this is the moment where Aladdin grabs Jafar's snake staff, which is such a cool thing for him to have. Yeah, it's great that Aladdin just has a nice firm grip on Jafar's snake staff. Cool, good talk. And just swings it around and slams it on the ground. I like Jafar's snake staff. I like that even though they change... Describe it to me how much you like it. I like that even it's got a curve in it. (laughs) I like that even though... (laughs) i like that that even though they change just about everything about how jafar looks in the remake they keep this iconic creepy stick that hypnotizes you and looks like a snake aladdin breaks it and both versions the sultan comes into himself comes into himself snake staff there's something there i think just the sentence the sultan comes into himself is enough did you mean to say he comes onto his own i meant that he that he had control of his own mind which i felt like comes into himself as a good shorthand for. Is it a good and i feel like you're making it weird <laughs> i'm not making it weird i would I never like you're making it weird i would never make everything weird in the remake jafar is grabbed and dragged into the dungeon which is it's just like a like a little jailhouse maybe they have a different dungeon somewhere and in the cartoon, he is grabbed but throws down, like, an explosive vial of dust or something? He's magic. Whatever. He he has this thing. He throws it down. And when the dust clears, he's gone. And then Jasmine and Aladdin can make out in front of Jasmine's dad. Yeah. I mean, you know. Hey, man. It's what you want. <laughs> yes. Yep. That's something every father wants to see. Oh, I was, I was thinking that something every potential son-in-law wants to do. <laughs> His kiss. Really? I would never want to do that. Let me. It, let's kiss in front of your dad. Make out in front of your dad. <laughs> I don't like it. The movie kind of starts moving at a, The animated film starts moving kind of at a breakneck pace here. Jafar only gets the lamp like 20 minutes for the end of the movie. Here's something that I don't like about the animated film, right? Is that Aladdin doesn't feel guilty about lying to Jasmine until the Sultan tells him he's going to inherit the throne. And that's fucked up. The idea that lying to Jasmine was wrong does not cross his mind until he's like, oh, I'm going to be put in a position that I am not prepared for. To be fair, remember the timeline, though. For one thing, I think what's what is supposed to get him when the Sultan tells him he's going to inherit the throne is he does call him 
as he does in the remake, a fine, upstanding young man. And I think that's what gets him. But you have to remember the timeline. He got back from a date, was immediately thrown into some water, and then, like, he lied to her on the date, was then almost killed, and then went and got his killer arrested, and now he has time to slow down and feel bad for that shit he pulled on the date. But he doesn't feel bad about the shit he pulled on the date. He feels bad that he's going to be put in a position of power that he's not ready for. He doesn't feel bad about Jasmine's feelings. Okay, no, what he... He doesn't... You're right. He doesn't feel bad about lying to her. He feels bad that he made Jasmine fall in love with Ali. So he doesn't feel bad about lying to her. He feels bad about being this fake person that she's in love with and not him. So this is this gets into like why he doesn't want to set the genie free, right? Mm-hmm. So Aladdin in the animated version is scared that if he sets the genie free, Prince Ali goes away. He doesn't want to set him free and then he goes back to a street rat and Jasmine knows he's a street rat and suddenly he loses everything and he's just back to where he was at the beginning of the movie, yeah. which is the worst thing that could happen to a movie protagonist. To be back at the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. In the remake, it's tilted slightly differently so that it feels more like he has fallen into like the trap of wanting more. Yes. He believes that Ali is better than Aladdin because Ali has more stuff than Aladdin. Yes. And he doesn't want to give up his last wish because he could get something even better. It feels more selfish, but I think that's supposed to be because he's kind of supposed to mirror Jafar in that moment. Yes, yes he is. And that's in the live action film, in order to clear his head and really try to get a grip on what choices he's supposed to make, he kind of goes out into the city again. Yeah, he goes out as a street rat again. I think that's really interesting. And the Aladdin in the animated version goes to tell Jasmine, like, the truth about who he really is. And is, like, immediately thrust into a fucking marriage announcement? Yeah, which is insane. Yeah, which he was 100% not ready for. Oh no. Also, Jasmine's in some new clothes today, which made me realize that Prince Ali does not have a second pair of clothes. Of course, he just has the one white getup. I guess it probably doesn't get dirty or whatever. Yeah, it's magic. Yeah, and he, like, fell into the water and he came out and it was fine. So. It was perfectly dry. And you couldn't see through it, which I think is amazing for a white fabric. The <laughs> So I love the way that the lamp gets taken in the live action film. Really? Because I felt like there was a lot of setup to it. Well, and that's why I liked it. I love it when something is set up and then it happens. It feels good because I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, this is so exciting. Especially because, like, you get to see this moment of, like, Jafar. Because Jafar mentions in the live action film that he used to be a thief, just like Aladdin. And the only thing that makes them different is that Jafar set his sights on a bigger prize. He wanted to steal something more than just meal for the next day. There's a lot of close-up magic in the Aladdin remake. Where it's like, look at his hands. Oh, it's in his other hand now. A lot of misdirection and all that stuff. And I love the fact that Jafar is like, in this moment, shows off his style of thievery, which is... Scarves. Overloading the senses and then just quietly just slip. It's mine now. It's gone. And the fact that we get to we get to see that whole scene and the way it's shot is kind of really cool. It was visually engaging. It's like a confusing looking scene, but I knew exactly what was happening. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Which looking back feels kind of good. 
Yeah, that despite the the confusion of the scene's choreography, the intention of what's happening is super clear. To the point that Aladdin hasn't doesn't notice that it's gone. He doesn't realize that his decision has been taken away from him. Whereas in the animated film, before he gets to make up his mind, he realizes, oh, my, my decision has been taken away from me. Oh, I don't think that's true. He, um, I think. Now, really, he should have just released the genie. But they had just had a fight mm-hmm. about it, too. And so he couldn't just release the genie and prove him right? Well, yeah, kind of. He, he, you've had fights. You get to be a little bit petty. Um, <laughs> yep. So many of my fights end with me continuing the the uh, uh the, the immortal <laughs> servitude of my other friends. You know what? You can be my immortal servant for a couple more seconds. I think he's supposed to have made the idea because he's telling Jasmine the truth. I think that's him making the choice to be Aladdin and not Prince Ali. In her eyes and therefore he can wish the genie free maybe he wants to see how that goes before he makes the last wish yeah yeah exactly but that's the thing right while he's gone because in his temper tantrum which is what it was he left the lamp behind the first time he's ever done that which is crazy and it gets stolen by iago like we've talked about the many rules of wish making but one of the major rules is that the wish making object you don't leave it behind for somebody else you tape it to your body it, that thing is glued to you literally if you have to he keeps it in the prince ali hat right yes and the only reason jafar knows he's aladdin is because he had his hat off and like at his side and he saw the lamp if he had just chased him away in the last scene none of this wouldn't would have happened aladdin really Donks it up with this lamp. Uh, and then he does say later, I should have just freed the genie when I, when I had the chance. And yes, that is also true. That is true, Aladdin. You should have done that. So Iago steals the lamp for Jafar. In the live action version, we didn't mention this. Iago brings the key to Jafar. So yes. He can, he can escape. Uh, which is kind of the moment that I thought, oh, Jafar is kind of a protagonist. <laughs> Jafar is a person. That's the thing, is that, is that he's a person. My issue wasn't that he was a person. It was that he had a 100% loyal, only thinking of him, sidekick, animal. (laughs) Yeah. Which made him a protagonist. Listen, I feel like if Aladdin had become an evil motherfucker, Abu would have been his loyal to him monkey, right? But see, that's why we either need more or less out of Jafar, because we need way more if it turns out he was just like Aladdin seven years ago or something. I don't think so. I mean, he he exists to be a foil, not, right? Like, that's his purpose. I want to know about the fall of Jafar. Well, then we can release a movie called The Fall of Jafar. Please. Pitch it to Disney. We'll bring back the same actor. He's pretty young. Well, just because he can... he's hush? Why not? Is there a problem? I mean, it's Hollywood. It's fine. I get it. Or we could bring a different actor, I guess, if you want. But I don't know why you would want to do that. <laughs> I don't know why you would do that. I mean, maybe we get to meet him. Did you ever think of that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we could maybe we would. <laughs> uh, the hell are we talking about? The lamp gets stolen. Yeah. So Jafar has the lamp now. So in the animated film, he wishes to rule from on high. He does. I wish to rule Agrabah from on high. That's his specific wording. And the genie just picks up the palace and fucking takes it and puts it higher. He's so big and scary. Yeah, he, and also very sad. Yes. Well, I love the bit where he wishes to be a sorcerer, and Aladdin tries to grab the genie's finger and, like, point it away. That's so futile. Yeah, it's like, dude. And that's, that's what I really love about it. 
It's like, this isn't going to work at all. I love, and something I love about this whole thing is Robin Williams is really, that tone shift Robin Williams is able to do from like wacky, stand-up, funny guy to being absolutely depressed at the position he has to be in where he has to now help this evil motherfucker hurt this person that he has come to uh, care for. Uh, And Jafar gets his Prince Ali reprise. That Prince Ali reprise is the sum of, is like, so fucking good yeah it kind of bumps me out that jafar doesn't have a real villain song i feel like they should have given that that guy more time to sing so this is another bit that i loved about the animated movie that i was disappointed of in the remake he picks up a boo and aladdin with his magic he shoots him in a broken tower off the palace and makes it a friggin' rocket to wherever quote the ends of the earth are yeah which I think are the Himalayas. Maybe the Himalayas. I had always assumed it meant somewhere like far to the north. There's no Just land like up there. Just fuck all so far away. Or it could be somewhere in Russia. It could be. Maybe like the Himalayas? Just Can I just please? <laughs> I'm sorry, go Please, can I? Go ahead. In the remake, there's just like some snow effects. And he's teleported there. He gets, uh, he gets fucking like Doctor Strange there pretty much. Doctor Strange had some pretty dynamic teleportation, Andy. It was just a circle that you push people through. Yeah, but I I love pushing people through circles. I understand. It's a lot of fun. Because you can move the circle, and then the person is through it. Earlier in the film, Jafar pushes somebody into a circle, and you weren't a big fan of that. It's because the circle stayed in the same place. I want the circle to move. Okay, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. You want a dynamic circle. I do want a dynamic circle. It's It's actually one of my favorite magic movie things. I feel like it's fairly new, which is like making a portal and then just moving around that portal. Mm-hmm. That's fun. Yeah, you could even do that in Portal. Unless the wall was moving, of course. How long is too long for an awkward silence? I feel like that that was. Yeah, was that it? I was just yeah. sitting here thinking, it doesn't matter, I'm going to cut it anyway. You son of a bitch. Yep, you know it, baby. You're going to cut it anyway. <laughs> stop (laughs) stop um so at this point in the animated film jafar really steps up the grossness oh you mean by stripping the sultan naked and having him be dressed in a jester thing and having yago feed him while he dresses jasmine in not like a very much different style of clothing but since he obviously picked it, really makes it feel Slave Leia-y type clothing and Super have her gross. feed him fruit. Yeah, it's not great. Jafar goes through two costume changes in like rapid succession, right? Because he... he du- and it bummed me out because there were, like, weren't a lot of costume changes, but they gave Jafar two and they didn't even let him like hang out. Anymore. In one of them, right? Like, you would have hoped. Give me something. Yeah. So Aladdin like escapes the, the cold. Because... This is also something slightly different than the animated version. The carpet gets onto the rocket ship with Aladdin. Yes. And manages manages to get there and then they, you know, do the cool scene with the, the fallen tower that we all love. Yes, I'm sure people remember that scene. Oh, I thought about it forever. The idea that there was like a window falling toward you that maybe I just like open stuff that moves. Window falling toward you that you have to like aim for. I feel like you do just love open stuff that moves. Um, I will say that. I do love open stuff that uh, moves. 
<laughs> you like it when uh when a train has its boxcar doors open and the protagonist has to run and jump into it yeah why not it's pretty cool i agree indiana yeah. jones did it like five times and in the remake genie teleports the magic carpet to aladdin which i wonder it's it's unclear in both movies how much leeway genie gets yes he's a slave mm-hmm. he's established to be a slave how much personal freedom does he have to do stuff like that yeah and i don't know he seems to be able to <laughs> he certainly changed abu into an elephant without thinking about it yeah so there's some stuff he can just do maybe specifically because sending the carpet didn't directly interfere with a wish or maybe in theory it's something a sorcerer could have done so genie could do it when the last wishy cast was the sorcerer one Mm -hmm. i don't know i don't know what the rules are i would love to have the genie rules explained although maybe i would hate it i think you would hate it uh like i said i in my opinion the the specificity of the rules doesn't matter well but it's interesting that he does have this little bit of freedom yeah yeah it definitely is similarly in the animated movie he has the freedom to not tell jafar that aladdin is there yes we're getting to the fight scenes of both movies, which is their biggest branching point, I feel like. Oh, yeah. Well, the so the let, I, I want to talk about the uh, live action one. Well, let's talk, I, we'll, let's talk about whichever one you want to talk about first, because... Uh, we can pretty... do live action if you want. No, no, let's do animated first. I think it's chronological. <laughs> okay. You know, and you know what? Let's talk about the animated one first, actually, because <laughs> it lasts a long time. I feel like the fight scene is kind of egregious I'm but, so, oh, 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 I'm but sorry. we can't jump into the fight scene so aladdin shows up at the palace jasmine sees him and at this point uh jafar has made his last wish which no, is again a, maybe second to last wish this is supposed to be he wishes for jasmine to fall in love with him oh he believes he 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 believes he's making his last wish i guess some, uh, something very similar to this happens in the remake but also not similar <laughs> He makes his last wish for Jasmine to fall desperately in love with them, and she sees Aladdin at about this time, and so- See, this is why I, li- I like the genie rules, though, because it establishes what you can't do. And then when- when she supposedly falls in love, we know what that means. And she starts fall- falling all over- all over Jafar, like Vicky Vale on the Joker. What? We remember that scene, right? No. Wait, I do now. I do now. Yeah, it was- the Vicky Vale version was weirder. It was weird. It was way weirder. But Jasmine's like complimenting him and like really winding him up and Aladdin's sneaking toward the lamp and he turns because he hears something and Jasmine kisses him and it's like, it's like gross and everybody's grossed out. But then do you know what Aladdin does is be grossed out instead of fucking, fucking get the lamp. Get the lamp. And I, I, it's, it's hilarious, but infuriating that she, she did this. She, she did this awful thing with this dude she hates and Aladdin fails to cash in on it right? like because he also finds it gross. Like, you're not the one kissing him, dude. Yeah, if roles were reversed, he probably wouldn't. Come on, Aladdin. Get off all your high horse. Listen, kiss sometimes, dude. You gotta, sometimes you gotta save kiss the world. a dude. Yeah, sometimes you gotta do it. I'd do it. To save the world? Maybe. That's just because you're thinking about what Jafar looks like. In the new one. <laughs> yeah, I know. He's got, he's got, a, he's got a good jaw. Nice haircut. <laughs> 
Jafar's like legitimately the best looking dude in the new version, and we keep talking about it, but it's true. It's true. He's Aladdin looks a little bit greasy all the time. No, I think Aladdin's cute. Uh, Yeah, but he's not. He's not. He's like he looks like a like a scamp. You know, Mm. Jafar looks like a man. That could be not. I knew you were going to say it, and I knew I would hate that you said it. <laughs> I will say this, though, is that it's what uh, the actor who plays Jafar looks good. The way he acts as Jafar is he's, he's very snivelly, very, like, hunched over and, like, creepy. So I do want to clarify that the actor who plays Jafar it looks attractive. Alan just fails to get the lamp. Jafar does a bunch of cool magic stuff where he, like, summons a sword and fire, and then turns into a big old snake. A lot of dragging on happens in the climax. That giant snake fight is pretty damn cool. It reminds me of the dragon fight in Sleeping Beauty. Yeah, it's it's really good, and um, I like the idea that Jafar gets a final form. Well, that isn't even his final form. <laughs> Alright, lay down before you hurt yourself. Oh, um, oh man. Fucking hilarious. <laughs> piece of shit uh he traps jasmine in a giant hourglass which is like what well, doesn't he say something like her time is running out when he does oh because he fucking loves that shit jafar starts spouting punny one-liners he's like your time is running out everything's unraveling when he hits the uh the carpet when he hits the carpet quit does... toying with me when he turns a boo into a, to toy. a toy he what says a one when he, when he turns into a giant snake he says one as well and i don't remember what it is aladdin calls him a snake and he says you'll see how snake like i can be and just like turns into a fuck off snake like a big ass fucking snake and then he starts killing aladdin like hard and aladdin aladdin convinces him that uh since the genie is more powerful than he is he'll always be second best Ron Williams does an amazing line delivery that's just, Al, what are you doing? Why are you bringing me into this? <laughs> Why are you bringing me into this? Why are you bringing me into this, Al? Uh, it's great. I think it's crazy that the genie isn't following along what Aladdin's trying to do, but I also do love Robin Williams' whole bit that he does when Jafar starts, like, inching towards him, and he's just like, hey, I would never, who, me? I, I don't even think I could. I would never yeah. do it. Come on, Jafar. The- We're friends. The- uh- <laughs> <laughs> the 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 other thing <laughs> but that is something that we talked a little bit about with the genie before which is he doesn't seem to completely have control over a wish in the robin williams version yeah a wish is made and he has to like do that to the best of his ability and he doesn't really go looking for wiggle room in the live action version the sultan if i remember correctly manages to throw his staff well, first, Jafar decides to marry Jasmine because he thinks that will torture the Sultan. Kind of a dick move, using her just to get at her dad, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, Jafar is a piece of shit, so, you know. I was gonna say, but I don't know if you noticed, he's kind of a dick. He's kind of an asshole. Oh, just a little bit. Just enough, so, you know? It would make sense if you thought about it like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Jasmine uses the opportunity to grab the lamp and jump off the balcony, which is a good mirror to aladdin yes falling off the balcony earlier then they do the yako chase fight scene 
Yes, Iago chases them while he's a giant bird, and the Sultan manages to get Jafar's staff and throw it off the balcony as well. Mm -hmm. Which takes away his power and makes Iago normal, but then he just gets it back. He just fucking force grabs it back again. He Jedi's it right back. When I saw that, I thought, okay, that was cool, but I had wish it turned it into a snake again and came back I to do, because he does turn it into a snake earlier, if I remember yeah. correctly. I would have loved it. If every time you put down the staff, it was just a snake, a snake that was ready to go. Yeah, I would love it, yeah. Well, then a better scene would have been if the Sultan took the staff and then it just turned into a snake in his hands. <sighs> that'd be cool! Like, ah. Yes! Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. I forget exactly how the chase scene ends, but uh, essentially Jafar gets the lamp back. Does Iago end up getting it in the end after he turns small and then it's like between him and Abu, basically? No, Aladdin gets it back and then... I think Jafar, Jafar, I think, just uses his magic to just make everyone stop. He probably does. That seems like a good use of magic. And uh, at this point, he starts like... Right, because everybody's like floating now. Yeah. He's made everybody who's pissed him off just float. Float. This is when he starts like really turning the screws on Aladdin, I think. At this point, Aladdin has basically like really fucked him over a little bit too much. And that's when Aladdin, uh, similar to... So the difference here is that Aladdin starts goading him about the fact that he's always been chasing something that he can never have, how he'll never be better than what he is. Basically, everything that people have ever told Aladdin his whole life, he tells to Jafar. The main difference here is that we've established that Jafar and Aladdin are the same person, but, like, one or two decisions made differently. So, like, Aladdin not only knows all this, but... Jafar's also been established to like really hate the idea of being the second most powerful person in the room. He play like incepts the wording into his mind, right? That like, <laughs> he's like now you're second best to the genie who has unlimited cosmic power. You don't have that. Will Smith genie gets it. He's on board immediately as soon as Aladdin starts going off. He's like, I get it. I see what's happening here. Let me stretch my my muscles a bit. But I would say the slight difference is that Jafar in the animated version wishes to be a genie. Yes. In the animated version, Jafar wishes to be a genie. And Aladdin, Aladdin's like, fuck yes, I did it. A genie is the most powerful thing in the world. Now you're a genie. Ha ha, dumb shit. Get in the lamp. In the remake, he just wishes to be, I think, more powerful than the genie? No, he wishes to have unlimited cosmic power. He just wishes for power. And Will Smith can say... Yeah, that means you're gonna be a genie. And so then it's more of a group effort. What's the more powerful thing that I know to turn somebody into? He literally says there's a lot of gray area in that wish, which I love. Because again, I do love the fact that at, like Will Smith is a, is a genie who, if he's got wiggle room, he'll abuse it. The only reason he had it with Aladdin is because him and Aladdin had a deal. At the end, Aladdin would set him free. I feel like that's a uh, Americanized idea of genie. I know it's an American film, but I don't feel like... The original idea of genies was ever like you make a wit like a monkey's paw thing. Yeah, it's it's a combination of be tropes. careful what you wish for. Mm -hmm. This now see this scene right here is why they should have included that genies can't kill. I feel like it's so important. <laughs> Jafar turns to a genie and realizes he can't kill Aladdin. The reason he can't kill Aladdin is because he's supposed to go back into his lamp. But since he still grabs Yago, which is way weirder because he's just a pet, and pulls him into the lamp. With him, it seemed like he could have grabbed Aladdin. He says, "You're no, you're because Iago's trying to fly away, and he's like, right. no, you're coming with me.'" And I was like, "That's kind of petty of you, but I get it." That's like if I was trapped forever in a snow globe, and I was like, "Fuck this, I'm grabbing my dog." Well, wouldn't you want to? I mean, yeah, I would, but I don't think that's why he does it. 
He does it because he doesn't want his dog to get away. I will say, this is finally going to be the last time I say this. The scale of the animated genie is just, like, much cooler. The animated Jafar genie is, like, much cooler. The first thing he tries to do in the remake is kill Aladdin once he becomes a genie. And he could have done that at any time. The first thing he does to do, he goes to do in the animated version is control the entire cosmos. And, like, fuck yeah, aim high, Jafar. I don't know, man. Like, on the one hand, aim high, but on the other hand, it's like, let's take care of our skeletons in our closets first, right? It's a different methodology. I, I don't think he would believe that he has anything to worry about. He's the most powerful genie ever. Just because you're the most powerful doesn't mean you're not an evil fuck who's petty. I mean, he is he is an evil fuck, but, like, why is he got to be so petty? Why, like, hey, he, he, can, he can destroy them with a blink of his eye now. We all have our vices, man. I don't know. I kept on getting caught up on stuff like that. Here's something I really got caught up on. Red Genie is scary. (laughs) But I never for a second found Sexy Jafar scary, even as a genie. So maybe that was part of the problem? I thought the Jafar Genie in the remake was pretty cool. Even in the animated film, though, like, Jafar Genie still is still, like, just looks like Genie but evil. In fact, I think Genie in the animated film looks scarier when he's lifting the castle up on top of the mountain. Yes, he does does and part of that's just because he looks so fucking sad there's this thing with when jafar shows up as a genie where it's like for a second i feel like you're not a hundred percent sure it worked this guy's now the most powerful genie ever and hey what if he can kill what if the lamp doesn't show up in time i just i just never felt that that sort of moment of tension there but maybe that's always a problem you have with the remake I mean, I, I've never, like I said, I've never had this problem with any kind of remake or book to movie, movie to movie. Uh. You know what? This is similar to a lot of problems I have with book to movies. Yeah. And I've always been pretty good at guessing plots anyway. For me, it's never about like, is this plot surprising me? It's just like, what? how effective is this storytelling? And I think both of them are telling the same story with variations that are both effective. So uh, at this point, Jafar gets the manacles clamped onto his arms and he's sucked back into the lamp. Is the lamp thrown to the Cave of Wonders both times? Yes, both times. Cave of Wonders is probably a good place to keep it since the one person who could enter there is Aladdin. I don't know exactly how the cave works, but it might not be happy to see Aladdin anymore. And maybe like after Aladdin dies, a new person will be born who's a diamond in the rough. I don't know how the magic works. I think that a diamond in the rough is the kind of person who would release a genie, which also makes it like super scary for that lamp to be in that place. Well, I don't know. Maybe in a thousand years, Jafar will have changed his tune a little bit. Well, chilled out a tad. Yeah, it would have cooled off. Free Genie still has genie magic. He's just not as powerful. Yeah, Free Genie... That, that, that's something that was really weird to me, is that in the animated film, Free Genie is still a uh, genie. He's just not in a bottle anymore, right? Like Genie is a... It's based on Dijini, right? Yes. Which is like a... I don't want to say demon, but I think it's kind of like a demon. It's a demon, yeah, basically. Maybe that's just what he is. Will Smith specifically becomes a uh, human after the wish is made. Yeah. And I think since the lamp puts limits on the genie's power, I believe we're supposed to understand that he does not have, quote, unlimited cosmic powers anymore. He just has an immense amount of cosmic powers. But still a lot of cosmic powers. You know, the getup that he's wearing at the end of the movie before he blasts off into space looks a lot like the getup that Merlin wears when he gets back at the end of Sword in the Stone. I think that's part of the joke. Uh, okay. It's what made me—it's what made me think of Merlin as a proto genie type. They both reference pop culture a lot. 
Yeah. But Merlin's a lot less funny about it. Well, Merlin's not played by Robin Williams, you know? Will Smith Genie marries the Handmaiden. Well, okay, wait. Before that, though, uh, before Genie gets wished free, I think both scenes tackle this a little bit differently, where uh, in the animated film, the Genie says that all Aladdin needs to do is wish that this one law was gone and he can marry Jasmine. Aladdin elects to wish the genie free instead. And then the Sultan, so overcome by Aladdin's generosity and his goodness, decides to change the law because he's Sultan and he can't. Yeah, and you know what? Maybe it's because he's been constantly hypnotized. Maybe it's for some other reason. But I feel like he should have thought of that. A long time ago, yeah. Maybe he didn't consider changing the law until he realized that Jasmine actually wanted to get married to somebody. Maybe that's the thing. Maybe it's like, Jasmine wants to get married, I'm going to change the law so she can get married, before she didn't want to get married to anybody so it didn't make any sense to change the law. As long as she's getting married to a man. I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. Look, we've established that cartoon Agrabah is more sexist than remake Agrabah, and we have to live with that. And I think, I'm, I'm not saying that's great or anything, but I think it's interesting to have to have Jasmine be like up against more stuff. It's like Jasmine's outspoken in the remake, right? But the only person who really speaks against the idea of her being outspoken is Jafar, and he's already the bad guy. The, at the end of the live action film, I guess I guess the idea is partially that she like won over the Sultan with her impassioned speech to Kasim. She Kasim. showed Kasim. She showed that she had uh, that she had the ability to be a leader. And that's her big fight because her big fight in the animated film is that she wants to get fall she wants to fall in love and get married, which is boring, I don't care. But in the live action version, her her big thing is that she believes that she doesn't need to be beholden to this crazy law. She could just rule herself as Sultan. Sultana? I actually think it is Sultana, but they don't say it. Yeah. As Sultan, so at the end of the film, the genie is like pitching to Aladdin all these ideas like, here's what we can do. We can still workshop this. We still have a chance. She's in love with you now. Great. We don't have to worry about that anymore. Now we just have to worry about the prince thing. And Aladdin just cuts him off at the pass like, no, I'm going to wish for you to be free. And he does. And the genie's free now and he's a person. And then him and the handmaid like have their weird meet cute again. Also, she was she was in this movie too. I, but this whole, all of these other scenes that we were talking about, she was in them. I have a problem with the handmaiden. Here's my problem. They decided to add a female character to Aladdin. Great. She doesn't do anything except fall in love with Will Smith. Not, not great. Not super great. They basically, it was like, man, we made Jasmine a different character, but we need a character who's essentially the same as Jasmine in the animated film. What about this old Jasmine? But yeah, this with is old Jasmine. a little bit less going on, just in general. Her thing is basically hot goss. Mm-hmm. She wants that sweet, sweet hot goss. She wants to know what's going on. Yeah, it's not good. She's also pretty awkward and not a great liar, which is, like, good. As far as rom-com heroes go, her story is a rom-com that happens to be happening during Oops, this. I fell in love with a genie. It's Splash, but with a genie. Magical rom-coms are, I don't want to say super common, but fairly common, I don't right? think they're like as common bewitched. anymore, but they were definitely... We should watch Bewitched and Splash. Uh, she was there, and now... And so her and Will Smith, like, are falling in love, and... They're both talking about, they're both setting up the framing device at the beginning of the movie, which was a little excessive. I didn't need that. My understanding was that they're setting up the framing device because he's gotten to the end of the story and needs to explain how, how it got to kids. Yeah. Like he needs to explain to the kids why it matters to them. Yeah. Why this story is cool. It's because. Although, do you know what? When I stopped to think about it. 
this story was super not about them because we don't see their date. No, we don't. Because the story is about Aladdin. It's called Aladdin and the Magic Lamp. It is called Aladdin, but the fact that in Aladdin, this version of Genie just like goes around, like walks around on his own for a while, but then we don't see what he does is weird because he's telling it to his kids. It's like, here's what I'm pretty sure Aladdin got up to while I was flirting with your mom. Let's not get back to your mom and telling you like how I fell in love with her or whatever. Let's talk about Aladdin and how he came from a made-up country and that was a big deal. <laughs> the framing device kind of falls apart when you think of it like that. Yeah, it's a weird framing device for sure. And again, like it may, I, maybe they just shouldn't have set it up so blatantly because it does make it weirder when they do that. Although, I guess to be fair, when I was a kid, I didn't really care for my parents telling stories about how they met. In a live action film, so the genie's free, and Aladdin just sneaks away. He's gone. And, well, because he's like, exit stage right. Like, my role is done. Like, I have freed my friend, and, uh... Everybody's watching this meet cute, and he, like, runs off. Well, he needs to set up his own romantic moment. <laughs> That's true. I, I guess it could be awkward, because he knows he can't be with this girl, right? Yeah. But, like, I might hang around just on the off chance I might be able to not starve tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I, listen, man, I'd rather starve than be invited to a wedding. That's my personal outlook on life. So I'm with Aladdin on this one. Maybe just get out of Dodge for a bit, you know? Also, yeah, his friend is, like, falling in love over here, and he just leaves. Yep, hey, guess what? I Same. <laughs> Again, I don't want <laughs> to be a third wheel. They already have wheels Three and four over there uh, in the form of the Sultan and Jasmine. I don't, I'm good. I'm going to ache. I'm going to go. I did my bit. So he leaves and uh, the Sultan talks to Jasmine. He's like, I was an idiot. I should have trusted you. I should have trusted your judgment and your intuition. I see now that you are capable of being a leader and that you should be Sultan of Agrabah. We talked about how the Sultan seems to be a better Sultan than the original. Yes. However, at this point, he does seem to completely cede his power to Jasmine. Mm -hmm. So he must have not thought he was doing very good. Well, he was old, man. And, I, you know, if I feel like it, the dream of any king is to be able to retire and know that the kingdom is in good hands and whoever's taking your place isn't going to want to kill you. That's pretty cushy because then you can just live out the rest of your days not having to worry about ruling shit. Got to be like those. You got to be like that one emperor in Japan who seated the throne and then went off and wrote poetry for like the, until he died. That's the goal. Maybe not the writing poetry bit. You don't like poetry? I'm just saying I don't want to tie anyone to that. Maybe write a novel. Maybe Maybe write, maybe write a poetry or something. Yeah, whatever, whatever sparks your interest. Yeah, a novel or maybe some poetry. Or you could try poetry. Or you could try a novel. Mm. I don't, I don't know, poetry. You, what <laughs> else can you write? Maybe write like a treatise or like a theorem. I don't know. Anyway, Jasmine seeing Aladdin's gone. And now that she's Sultan, she just like books it after him. Stops him in uh, the middle of the street outside the palace. And just like makes out with him. Yeah. And I saw that and I was like laughing my ass off. Because this is the first time anyone has seen the princess in years yep and the first thing she does is make out with some random dude <laughs> with the no with a well-known thief who she just yelled at for being a thief <laughs> she's like walks up and sticks her tongue down his throat you know what man that kind of scandal is why royalty was invented <laughs> Right. Could you imagine some like imagine <laughs> like the president doing something like that, like running out ah. of the White House like thief. And then just, 
Okay, not the current one. <laughs> like a diff, like a like a cool woman president played by Charlize Theron. A president couldn't do it. She'd get eaten alive. What? It would need to be somebody with an inherited title. Know what I'm saying? No. What? I feel like for a female politician, even this very bland sex scandal would destroy her. I didn't mean somebody would literally eat her face off. Okay, that's what I was confused about. I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> like that weird guy from Florida? Oh, was he on bath salts or something? Uh, I don't remember. I think so. I think it was bath salts, yeah. Bath salts make so This was years ago off. now, so who knows. Yeah. So, pff, weddings. Yeah, they both get married. <laughs> both universes, they get married. Mm-hmm. Well, technically, we never see them get married in the animated version and and uh they don't officially get married until the third movie what yeah the third movie opens on the wedding that's crazy that's in so the third movie starts like two minutes after the first one no man i guess since they changed the law they can date for a while now or maybe since they're betrothed it's fine aladdin lives at the palace not formally married but they're engaged there's there's never a moment where they're not together after that are we going to have to watch the second and third movies? Absolutely, we are. I've I... heard that the third movie is good. It's got Robin, Robin Williams, Williams in it. it. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell were we talking about? Oh, the marriages. The live action version, I think, ends on them getting married. Maybe it ends on the genie and his wife getting married. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's a double wedding. It's unclear. They don't go to the trouble of doing the Kronk's New Groove thing of making them Jewish so that I know when they're married. (laughs) (laughs) Thank God. (laughs) You know, you keep bringing up Kronk's New Groove and the less you do, the better for me, by the way, because every time you mention it, I like my heart palpitates like, oh, I missed a beat. I hated watching it and hated talking about it. It's kind of my favorite go-to bad movie to just like bring up. I think my favorite go-to bad movie is Piranaconda, but I haven't had a reason to talk about it yet. Piranaconda? Piranaconda. Piranacondum. I'll get back to you, because now I need to see if it exists. That sounds like a like a really specific horror movie for males. Piranaconda makes no goddamn sense. Like, you can understand why I heard words Pur- instead of that thing you said, right? Of, yes, I understand, yes. I understand why you thought I said two words instead of one awful thing. My two words were also awful. The uh, live-action movie ends, and then we get a sort of during- credits bollywood dance number yes which is fun it was a fun little thing it's fun but it made me sort of want more bollywood dance numbers like if that's what we were always set up for go all in yeah i i definitely would have preferred it if there was more i get it me personally i would have loved it if they went all in as well but i do think that there is probably a large section of the united states that would not understand if they did that why but the idea of like remaking aladdin but making it bollywood seems like, pretty fun, and, like, something that would make it not just a pure remake, you know? Yeah, I get you, but I get, I, I, I just don't think that that's what Disney, that Disney is doing just remakes. I don't yes. think they're pushing the envelope too hard. That's not entirely true, because we, we talked about, how can I not remember it now? Jungle Book. But that was, I guess it was earlier than this this new round and, of and stuff. I, and I will say that Jungle Book probably had a lot more leeway because it's not as beloved, I think, as Aladdin. Are we done? Are we done? Credits. We got to credits. The thing that makes me think that the genie is supposed to be the character at the beginning of the movie is that that character never comes back. Mm-hmm. And the genie does close out the film. There's no, like, book ending the scene like there is in the remake. 
Yeah. Just a thought. It's not a huge deal. Interesting to think about. Thank you for listening to Direct to Video. VHS? 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 I've been your host, Tony Robusto. Uh, and I have been your host, uh, Andy Reyes. You can find me and all of my correct opinions on Aladdin movies. Wow. Okay. And Theater Rats on Twitter. Uh, you can find me and all of my uh, incorrect opinions about Aladdin movies, I guess. It's the label I've been handed. At royalty underscore violence. Uh, sometimes I also try to be funny there, but I guess I get that wrong too sometimes. Sasha's getting real. Getting really real. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, I'm feeling the salt. I'm tasting it. My cholesterol's going up. You can, uh, that's, yeah, that's a good salt joke. <laughs> <laughs> you find the comic that i do at inspiredbytrueevents.org you know i looked up inspiredbytrueevents.com again recently somebody's mm-hmm. trying to sell it for a thousand dollars and uh. i know i am 100 percent the only person who has any interest in it and i'm not giving them that money yeah that person's insane i don't know maybe there's gonna be a movie called inspired by true events someday if anyone is interested if anyone doesn't know um there is a wonderful documentary about robin williams and his life and his influence uh called robin williams come inside my mind it was produced by hbo uh came out last year definitely uh if you're interested in his life go watch it big old thank you to lee rosevere for <laughs> oh you're uh... a piece of shit man <laughs> <laughs> for planet, planet e, e off of trappist one okay i'm getting there i keep thinking it's trappist five i don't know why is there a trappist five i don't, I don't even know maybe i don't know it's certainly not the place where they found all those cool planets that he named the songs after. And you can find the podcast at direct2.video. I am the ghost of John Smith. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold your horses there, ghost of John Smith. Whoa, 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 whoa. I remember when John Smith got on that boat and his horse disappeared. Yeah, I do. Man, what happened? Who knows, man? What are we watching next time, Andy? You know what? Just because we're on it, like we're on this this remake train, Brother. and we just mentioned that we hadn't talked about Jungle Book, maybe we should watch the Jungle Book 2016 and... Ooh, Tony, do I hate you or do I hate you? Follow your heart, Andy. Uh, Mowgli, Legend of the Jungle. What is what? Released what is in that? 2018. Oh no! Oh no! Oh, I remember the trailer for that. <laughs> okay, let's do it. I'm the ghost of Johnson, I guess. <laughs> oh, you you're gonna you're gonna wish you were. Uh, you're gonna wish you were. Well, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna wish it, Andy. You're gonna. That's see foolish. It. Oh, right, right. That's true. It's true. Don't wish for something you can achieve yourself. <laughs> so morbid <laughs> yeah okay, that sucks so bad we're done okay. we're done Movie had a budget of $28 million. Robin Williams had an asking fee of $8 million. That's insane. They never paid it to him, by the way. So they only gave him the Picasso painting and his SAG pay, which is about $1,074,000. The movie had a box office of $504 million, So they could have paid him back. They could have. His whole fee. But they didn't because Disney is kind of a shit company. But they also weren't gonna. I mean, come on. Yeah, that no, was they were never really not. on the table. No, never.